All right, do you want to start off by talking about the Joel B drama or the Lakers drama? Because there's a whole lot of drama to go around this week. Get the Lakers drama. We'll give LeBron what he actually wants. He's the most passive-aggressive superstar we've <laughs> ever seen. He, tweet, he tweets like a 16-year-old on, on Snapchat. Just, it's ridiculous. This is black screen. <laughs> yeah. Hit my number. You know where to find me. <laughs> don't text me. Don't call. <laughs> Going ghost. <laughs> he, for, bro, for somebody who like lets us know that he's almost 40, grow up. Like, come on, fam. Yeah. Yeah, man. I mean. <laughs> Welcome back to another episode. As you see by the title, we're going to do our midseason awards today. But before we get to that later in the episode, we have, as I also said, a ton of drama to get to. People are pissed about Joel Embiid missing games. People are calling him a ducker. Now he's actually hurt. People are pissed that he's going to miss so many games and not be able to be all NBA and MVP. The Lakers are falling apart again. So much going on. So much to talk about. Let's just jump straight into it with Lakers talk. <laughs> the cranium is crazy. Oh my God. I mean, I really don't know, don't know what to say. Crayon eaters rejoice! I almost forgot. Before we talk about the Lakers, we have an announcement that is currently on our body. We have new merch, y'all. We rebranded a while ago, got new logos and everything. You see it on the screen. The merch is finally here. You see I'm wearing the long sleeve. I got the, yep, here we go. I got the corduroy hat with the white logo. Donovan oh got shit on that's too. That's different. That corduroy hat, that's different. Donovan, is that a hoodie? doing like this. Is that a hoodie that I see on your body? It is a hoodie with a hat. And oh I have long sleeve t-shirts. Listen, we have merch for days. You have to understand <laughs> that. All right. Mo has the short sleeve shirt, man. We're, we're here. I got this short sleeve shirt. We got a purple short sleeve shirt. Of course, the immaculate hoodie. And then we got another shirt. And I also have a long sleeve just like Isaac. We are loaded from top to yeah. bottom. You guys should know where to find right. this. One of the first links in the description. Represent yep. us, Crayon Eaters. Where you hoodie, at? Got the hoodie with the white logo, too. Hoodies. In totality, we have the hoodie that Donovan's wearing, which has our regular logo embroidered, you know, the orange ball and everything. Then we have the alternate hoodie that has the whiteout logo, where it's just white, no ball. A personal favorite of mine. We got two hats. Like I said, the corduroy hat with the white logo and the one that Donovan's wearing, which is a, a more standard hat with the typical logo. All of these are embroidered as well as a short sleeve t-shirt, which has an embroidered logo in the middle. Then we have the long sleeve, which this one's a little bit of a change of pace. It's not embroidered. We have a screen printed logo on here. It's a little more clear cut. So something for everybody. Listen, yeah. run up, run up the merch. If our merch gets big <laughs> enough, we might have a TD3 Skims collab, right? Who knows, right? That's ne that's next Stop on the list. Stop fucking playing with me. Oh my God, all right? This is not <laughs> funny. I'm serious about my Skims. Now, if they genuinely do do that, hey, I might have to hit up Kim K myself. And, we, and we're going to get shit popping. <laughs> I don't know if she's going to respond to you, but you can try. <laughs> along with the merch, we have another huge <laughs> announcement, all right? In the TD3 we universe, do? Isaac officially dropped. Oh, yeah. I, true, true. Yeah, Isaac officially dropped his show by Isaac G, by your truly one and only Isaac Gutierrez. Isaac, tell me what the fuck is going on over there. <laughs> I almost forgot, honestly. I forgot to say anything, which would have been annoying because I definitely <laughs> need to shout this shit out. <laughs> like you said, I got the first episode of the Isaac Gutierrez show. I'll show pop up on the screen right now. I'll make it a pinned comment, top link in the description, above the merch because I'm selfish. You go there, it'll be a show with just me. Like every episode, I mean, every week or so, I'm going to have like a 30 minute or so episode where I go through and give like five topics. They're going to be not rapid fire, but you know, like six minutes or so on each topic. It's going to be like a mini podcast. 
We're going to do it every week on my personal channel as well as shorts, all the stuff you guys love to see, more crayon eater stuff. It's going to be great. We are going to be everywhere, guys. The TD3 universe will continue <laughs> to expand. Tune in. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> yep. Don't, don't let me subscribe because it doesn't. 100,000 of you are going to see this episode this week. That's the typical numbers we get. There's no reason why 100,000 of you shouldn't go check out the first episode for me and let me know what you think. I'll say that. I get 15% of the proceeds that he makes off of his channel. So please. <laughs> <tap in. laughs> you're commissioned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. That's enough self-promo. If you're watching the video on YouTube, drop a like and subscribe. If you're on audio platforms, five-star review. Blah, 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 blah. Let's talk about the Lakers. Donovan, I brought it up a second ago, and you immediately started going off about how LeBron's petty. He's doing too much. Tell us more. Listen, no, no, no. I said that he was petty. I did not say he was doing too much because okay. I'll, say, I'll say this. While it is extremely annoying that, like clockwork, we're going to get a LeBron tweet or a LeBron quote from a post-game interview after a loss that's incredibly passive-aggressive, incredibly cryptic, and everyone's just like, LeBron, care to elaborate? While, mm. that's, while that's very annoying... I can't say it's not effective because he's gotten exactly what he's wanted every <laughs> single time. So I get why he keeps doing it. But we're at the point, right? The Lakers suck. We've been talking about since the summer, since they signed. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> since they signed Rui, since they signed D'Lo. Everyone was like, listen, these contracts are great to be traded. Like these guys have been <laughs> out the door since July. So it's about time. Trade deadline is a couple, what, a week and a half away. I'm ready to see just how cryptic this message is for LeBron. Because does it mean that this year's over? Does it mean that Darvin Ham's gone? Does it mean that he doesn't want to be a Laker anymore? Who knows? But once again, LeBron decides to be passive, passive aggressive. And it's not surprising anymore. This is the most down bad the Lakers have been in the LeBron era. They were down horrendous with Russell Westbrook. I think this is an all-time low. I think this might be even worse. And wow. not because they're a worse team. They're basically just as bad as we're with Russ now. Like they had the resurgence post-trade last year. And this year, all that progress is gone. They're basically in the same spot they were before. Darvin Ham. I was, no, I, I, we talked about this at length. I defended Darvin Ham last year because I think he was legitimately really good in the playoffs last year. Made smart adjustments. Was a top half of the league coach. He has to be fired, I think, at this point. The team wow. has clearly given up on him. Every time a player talks in the media, they always throw a slight little thing out there about coaching it starts with coaching. It starts with coaching, blah, blah, blah. Like they just throw these small hints out there that aren't exactly calling him out, but they're not giving him glowing reviews. It just seems like he's lost the locker room. He still is having the issues, at least from a fan perspective, with the lineups. You know, it seems like nobody's happy with the players he's putting out there, which some of it's overblown. There's a lot of like hate towards Torian Prince, which I think is a little a little too much, but he's playing Torian Prince. <laughs> like he's like a fucking $30 million per year locked on defender playing the biggest minutes of his career. Like, Nobody could be happy with the way Darvin Ham's been coaching this team this year. Like Donovan said, the players aren't good enough. They're good to be traded. It, it, nothing's working. Yeah. I mean, at the start of the season, within, I think this was like one of the first two, three games of the season, there was a clip of LeBron out here saying, Y'all know, know I'm a point guard too, right? And that's when he was really like forcing the Austin Reeves yeah. and D Lo duo. And then that was right before Austin Reeves got benched because he was fucking ass. There's just like a lot of inconsistencies. <laughs> with the Los Angeles Lakers this season when it comes to lineups and all that. And I think by far the most discouraging part of all this is that, like, LeBron and AD are completely healthy. 
They yep. this is the healthiest we've seen AD in a very very long time. Usually the story is whenever like the Lakers have some type of downfall, all oh, LeBron out for 10 15 games, groin, hamstring or whatever it might be. AD, we all know his past his injury troubles, but this year they're completely straight and their downfall is just simply towards like roster construction is just straight cheeks and the just roster construction really that's the main issue and Darvin Ham haven't hasn't figured it out hasn't figured out 100%. how to elevate this team so 100% this team right now is only good when they have the starting lineup from last year with D'Lo, Austin Reeves, Jared Vanderbilt, LeBron and Anthony Davis that lineup was only played like 32 minutes all fucking year partially because Vanderbilt was hurt earlier in the year and since then they have like an elite defensive rating it's like an 89 which is unsustainably good because it's such a tiny sample size because like I said Darvin refuses to play it and fans are clamoring left and right, telling them, you have to play this lineup. It's malpractice to not play the lineup that got you to the conference finals. What are you fucking doing? But also, we saw in the conference finals, you can't be a serious team starting Vanderbilt. So he's like, I'm not even going to try and do that. I'm going to try to, you know, plan for a lot feature. And to him, that means starting Torian Prince and playing a million minutes. So he's stuck between two bad options and hasn't nailed how to balance that. So like, yeah, like Mo said, roster construction issue. And I think now we're just left to look at it and realize that you know, we talk a lot about how the NBA explosion is happening with offense and how like that's the game is changing rapidly over the last few yeah. years. The game's different than it was in 2020 <laughs> when this team won with that defense-oriented approach. This approach that they're having around these guys worked in 2020. It's just not working out at all right now, and they have to really, really reconsider the way they're trying to build around LeBron and AD. It's funny because the Wizards are scoring 140 and the Lakers can't figure out how to get to, to 125. <laughs> and they're the, they're the only team. The only adjustment, and obviously, right, there's been more. But the main adjustment that Darvin Ham has made this entire year was he started the season saying, oh, yeah, LeBron's only going to play 25 to 30 minutes a night. And then he oh up, it was like, and was like, actually, he has to play more. That's probably that's probably been the most significant change that he's made all, all year long. And my favorite I joke, wish that were true. My I guess so. My favorite joke though about Darvin Ham, which is a joke, but every time I see him, his hands are in his pocket and he <laughs> looks so aloof. And it's just like there's nothing there's nothing left for this Lakers team to do. Every other team in the Western Conference has passed them up. And they I don't I don't think that there's a move out there for them to get back to to where they were like last year that western conference finals run and granted we saw it on the other side of the bracket with the miami heat they were able to get into the play and go on this deep run but stuff like that doesn't normally happen you don't see teams from the seventh seed go and make a run to the conference finals and that's because we had a very streaky Rui Hachimura we had like Austin Reeves was playing out of his mind like there were things that these players were doing that's just uncharacteristic of who they are now. And exactly. I, I just, now that everybody has gone or come back to earth, the Lakers are, they're, they're cooked. Like it's, they, yeah. whatever championship ceiling that you thought that they had, it's not there. You know, what's funny. Oh, well, <laughs> for one, I'll say the, the point you made about Rui playing out of his mind is correct. <laughs> what this team needs is a big forward who can defend a little bit and shoot 55% from three like Rui did <laughs> yeah. for three weeks. Like, yeah. that'd be nice. That would help a lot to have Larry Markman in there. Like, that's basically what he did. But also, like, you know, we talked about the in-season tournament when the idea first came to conception. We were like, this would be super fun because some random mediocre team that is a playing type team will make this run and, like, 
you know, like a team like the Pacers is primed to be that team that peaks in this point of the year and can like snatch it from you know, in a way you wouldn't really expect because yeah. they're not true contenders. Turns out that was the Lakers, <laughs> the random <laughs> mediocre team that made a run at the right time the and had a fun small couple small market team, frisky playing. Yeah. <laughs> that was them, and they fooled us, bro. And like, again, you said there's no move that'll fix this team one move wise. I agree because the most likely move it seems is Dejounte Murray coming in in exchange for D'Lo. Jalen Hutchifino and a couple picks. DeJounte Murray is not coming in and fixing those motherfucking issues. Not even a little bit. This team is a top to bottom restart and change of their approach. They need shooters, which, you know, they're the lowest three-point rate team in the league. That's not a winning formula when LeBron's 39. That's not a winning formula when Anthony Davis isn't a spacer. That's not a winning formula when Jared Vanderbilt has to be in your lineup to have good defense and he doesn't shoot a lick. You just can't be a team that has the same amount of three-point rate as the Detroit Pistons. With that being said, Zach Levine, congratulations. You will be a Los Angeles Lakers by next <laughs> Los Angeles Laker I by wish. next week. Um I wish, bro. Yeah. Now every we're at the point in time to where like they're literally handcuffed. There's not many moves that can elevate this team to the at least like competent level. Make us at least think you have a chance in the regular season. Oh, they always do because LeBron is LeBron at the end of the day and AD is AD. But regards to the facts, they still need to make that move. And I think Zach Levine at this point in time will give you the best opportunity to do so because of the firepower that he does generally have. And a lot of people forget how high level of a scorer he is when it comes to specifically his outside scoring or outside shooting. Um, but yeah. a question that I have is like, if he were to go ahead and fire Darvin Ham, like that sounds like so easy to do. But the harder question that has to be answered after that is, who are you replacing him with? An interim from the staff. It doesn't matter. They, they Damn. Need, uh, they need a new person on there that they can have buy-in from the team because it seems like they don't have a ton of faith in him, which also is us reading, you know, from like not being in the locker room. So who knows? But it needs a new voice, somebody that's not going to be actively destructive. But also like mm. the tweet that had pulled up before this, it said that LeBron and AD have a plus 12 net rating whenever Torian Prince is off the floor. And it's a plus twenty-two net rating whenever Reddish and Prince are Reddish and Prince are both off the floor with LeBron and AD playing. That's a problem. They're role players that have around these guys fucking suck, and that's not going to be <laughs> fixed by making Phil Handy the coach. You know, like they just need to find a Dorian Finney-Smith, to find a Bruce Brown, whoever it may be, and get in a new batch of guys that are going to help those two stars. Yeah. Listen, Rob Pelinka pulled off a miracle one time, and that was whatever he did last year. I the the way that he was able to get D'Lo and everybody else in that door, that is one of the best GMing moves that we've seen, right? And just just finesses. He was able to turn that team around with absolutely nothing. I, I still don't understand how they were able to put that together. That's not happening in back-to-back -back years. You are not going to be able to flip everybody on your team to get all the necessary role players in there around LeBron and AD. And so if you fire Darvin Ham, listen, it, it might be time to tear this whole thing down. Right, it might you you yeah. wait you wait until the summer, it you fire Darvin Ham, you trade AD, right? Who at this point, when he's the healthiest he's been in what four years now, he's probably at the peak of his value that that you are going to get for the remainder of his career. You trade AD, you hire a new coach, you ask LeBron, do you want to be here for the rebuild or not? And <laughs> okay, you, you're going a little far. I don't. <laughs> I, will, I will say what what is what is their upside moving forward with lebron being 40 years old like we we've gotten to the point where anthony davis like is you know the best player on the on the team on a on a night in night out basis but 
you get to the playoffs, you still think like, okay, LeBron's going to lead us there. This that doing that to a forty-year-old LeBron and asking him to come back with this cast of role doing players, that to him, he's a victim. <laughs> that he's that part, that part is actually is actually wrong. Wrong. Oh it goodness. is. You sound like he's. <laughs> It is. Okay. It is. It is wrong. Yeah. No, it is. It is wrong. It's like it's the same. It's the same thing with the with the Warriors. Like if you have if you have Steph Curry and you are not making the the necessary changes to make to get like an actual roster, everybody at home is watching this. We now, can see that the team sucks. Okay. If you like roll into next trading year. AD and like preemptively doing it, unrealistic. You're not going to do that unless LeBron leaves. But I will say, the idea of LeBron being a free agent this summer is very under talked about. He yeah. can opt out, and if things keep going poorly, he can just bounce, and he can be like, "I'm gonna go with the Mavericks or Draymond, Luca, and Kyrie, and like do my own thing." Like that's a non-zero possibility. Probably not more likely because you know his son's playing in LA right now. He is in LA for a reason for outside Lincoln. of the game. He loves Lincoln. being a Laker. Like he probably won't do all that, but it's not impossible. And if that does happen, then you got to do you want to build around AD and continue to do him be the star? It's not a horrible idea, but. Then maybe you're right. Maybe you got to trade him and just do a full scale rebuild. Like, yeah. But no, you go first, Mel. You t- say what you're going to say. Gonna say another point. That conversation needs to be had, but I think you should wait for that conversation until it actually happens. Um, mm-hmm. When LeBron does make that decision, then I, of course I think you should trade probably trade away Anthony Davis, who's close to the peak of his powers, because he's going to be making like seventy million dollars in four years from now, in the year 2028, <laughs> which is just just mind-boggling but that's the way that's just the way the nba is headed nowadays and um at this point in time someone like rob palinka just has to own it up own it eat the l's of the chest he is one of the most mid gms in the entire nba you know like who goes out and signs <laughs> someone like torian prince and expects him to be like play a heavy part on this team someone like cam reddish who's been from team to team to team he's literally a no he's been a nomad over the last few years for you, you expect him to play that same exact type of role. I just, it just, he just well, screams complacency. The problem isn't Rob Palenka. I Signing those guys isn't the issue. The problem is when the coach plays him 30 minutes a night. That's the issue. Rob Palenka didn't sign Torian Prince to be the wing stopper. Like he, they didn't sign him to be their OG Ananobi. You know, that, I don't think that was Rob Palenka's fucking vision. And Darvin Ham has got a hold of him and was like, you're you're Bruce Bowen. <laughs> that's that's a Darvin Ham issue. Yeah, I I agree. I agree with that. But at the same time, like, what else is Darvin Ham supposed to do? I think this. Sure, I agree. There's things. There's schematic things, rotational things that could be mm-hmm. better. But at the end of the day, he just sat on his hands because he saw this product thrive once, and he believed that they could do it again. And he believed in this mid tier type of play, these mid tier players whooping it up with LeBron and AD, which was just the wrong decision. Yeah, I mean, I there wasn't a whole lot better options. I guess I could have pursued Kyrie, which reportedly they didn't want to because they wanted to stick with a Idiotic. depth, which maybe that's a mistake. Again, who knows? There's so many, there's so many moving parts there. Yeah. But uh, I think the bigger problem is, I, if you can go to my Twitter, Nikhil, I retweeted a tweet from Nick Wright about this. The Lakers' ownership has been awful ever since Dr. Buss died. And it's just like, again, they got the title because LeBron came and they got it. They it made shit happen with LeBron and AD. But from the top down, you know, Caruso walked. They lowballed Ty Lue and didn't get him. They are sitting on their hands and not doing anything about Darvin Ham. There is reports that they're not even thinking about firing him, which I guess is fair. You don't have to fire him. It's not a necessity. But to not do it is to do the inverse of what the Bucks did, where they realized you can't waste a year of this core. We have to make a move sooner rather than later. The Lakers take the opposite approach in every which way. There's no preemptive decision-making that comes from a smart analytic standpoint where you're like, 
we need to do a value add here and figure out how to put our team in the best position. It's like there's nobody in the Lakers front office that's thinking about things this way, and they're more so just like going by the seat of their pants, just doing whatever in a very unprofessional way. <sighs> Damn, man. Listen. That's... <laughs> Go ahead. I, I, listen. They are also, and this is just by like NBA standards, they are the Lakers front office and the ownership group is one of the broke boys in the NBA, right? <laughs> they have... They don't they don't have the luxury of like across the street with Steve Ballmer and him having a hundred billion dollars and saying, okay, you know what? We can go ahead and fire this person or we can go into the luxury tax and do all this. Like we can we can be a little bit impatient and pay the money to do all that because I have all the money in the world. Like their money is tied up in the Lakers, and so it's not like they're not that they're they're not that breaded. No, they're not breaded. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah they're, they're not billionaires. They're, exactly. And yeah, so they're, literally Jeannie Buss's business is the Lakers. Like she doesn't have a Microsoft stock that Steve Ballmer has. Yeah. And Damn. so they're kind of Yo, forced Falka watching in, like shit right now. <laughs> I love it. I mean, <laughs> it's, the, it's the truth, but they're, they're kind of forced into continuity. And but like with LeBron, and I think we've seen this with every single era of LeBron, wherever he's been at. This point always comes. This point always happens after 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 LeBron started to take control of his career and started to go on this path. It always goes this way where you have a year of building, right? You have your your title run. And then towards the end of it, it's a flame out. We're trying to get people in and out. Right. Coaches are being are being moved around. So I I understand that, like the Lakers have kind of been forced into this. But there's also kind of LeBron's model. And so if we're just going off of history, now is the time where LeBron finishes the year and he goes somewhere else. And that's just yeah. that's just probably how it's gonna be. I think this one's a little bit different though, because in those past circumstances, like the past Cleveland stint, obviously LeBron had his hands on everything. They did things at his whim. He had all the power in a relationship coming back to his home team that needed him. This time I don't, you know, we give, we give LeBron a lot of flack for the Russell Westbrook trade because, like, you know, he advocated for that pretty vocally, clearly. And, you know, it happened and it was a mistake. But also, we can point to that and say maybe he had influence there. He wanted Alex Caruso. They didn't do it because they were cheap. He wanted Tyron Lue. They didn't do it because they were cheap. He wanted Kyrie. They didn't do it. Probably because they're motherfucking cheap. So, like, maybe he doesn't Also have because Kyrie was very, very volatile last year. And it was like, I don't true, know true. if we could bring him into this situation. Yeah, well, nah. it sounds like a good, a good excuse for being motherfucking cheap. But either way, <laughs> it sounds like LeBron doesn't have quite the influence he had this time that he did with the Cavs. Maybe he's not trying to. He doesn't want to do too much. Maybe he doesn't like that label he once had. So, I don't think it's necessarily the LeBron effect. Like, you know, like maybe we give him too much credit for the Russ Westbrook trade. when maybe he was just like a fan of what Rob Palenka was already thinking. Sound like broke, LeBron broke, to open his broke. pockets too. <laughs> Start giving Hilarious. people jobs at Spring Hill. Now, <laughs> one thing that I'll say is that something that will give me just an ounce in a like glimmer of hope for the Lakers is if I did see them make a trade for someone like Zach Levine. And not to say that he's a game changer, but having someone like Kyle Lowry would make things a little bit more interesting for the Lakers. Again, Kyle Lowry, we're not cooked. a game changer, but that's how you guys are looking at this in twenty twenty four. Yeah, Kyle Lowry. when you like four more games with them with them charges, bro, that he that he be taking all the time. We you need cooked, something. Beyond belief. Yeah, that's but honestly, I'm going to scream. <laughs> You're trying yeah. to add one more IG model to the Staples Center every night. Like that's all you're trying to do. <laughs> you know what's funny? <laughs> you know what's funny? In that Russell Westbrook trade last year, 
They could have just had Mike Conley. They flipped Mike Conley for D'Lo. They didn't have to do that. They could have just did the trade with the Jazz and got Vanderbilt, Beasley, and Conley. You know how much better they'd be if they had Mike Conley right now? It'd be perfect. That's a complete... This is this will be not a completely different Lakers team because they probably still, have, still would have some of these underlying issues. But man, yeah, yeah, yeah. it would be so much... Life would be so much smoother with someone like Mike Conley. That's what he does, bro. Sucks, yeah, it would man. help. And it was funny. You said it was Zach Levine. I would love Zach Levine at Lakers. There's a report yesterday. It wasn't by like Shams or anybody, but there's a report that they're reportedly not going to make any big trades. They're going to keep their core together, yeah. which is a whole nother topic because they are fucking terrified of rebuilding and it's hilarious. They're the new Raptors. The Bulls are a fucking joke if that's true. Yeah, nah. It's just, I just find it so funny because a couple of months ago, Isaac, I won the Lakers. Everyone still had like somewhat hope for the Lakers and uh, they just need a little bit of time to figure it out. Austin Reeves is going to bounce back and stuff like that. And as soon as the Zach Levine knows, broke, news broke out, everyone's like, oh, new Laker, new Laker, Austin Reeves, and da 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 da, or D'Lo, and da 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 da, a pick. Yeah. You're like, fuck no, I don't want this shit. I don't want this shit. And now you're down bad as fuck, crying, exactly. begging still, on your knees. I'm still not. For this man. I'm you're writing Zach Levine love letters right now, I bet. Shut up. <laughs> 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 I'm still not thrilled about paying. Zach Levine $40 million a year and I'm damn sure not thrilled about DeJounte Murray but I'll take what I can motherfucking get like <laughs> at this point like I make something happen I love would you it. be interested in the Dennis Schroeder experiment once again yes I never wanted I never wanted him to go <laughs> Dennis Shooter was awesome for them I don't know why they let him walk I, I do know because it just he got squeezed yeah. out but I always liked him a lot yeah he was one of the few players that helped them give and I give them an identity in terms of just like yo he can be on the court through almost any situation possible He's one of those yeah. unschemable players. Developed his three-point shot. Was an absolute <laughs> dog. He was a dog defensively. He was a dog defensively for players. Yeah, you can't, get, you can't take him out the game. Yeah, you can't take him out the game. He was one of those players where you're like, all right, we need you and Dennis Wong. No, 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 no. Okay, that, there's, a, there's a difference, though. You can't take him out the game because the team sucks because there's no other, there's no better option, right? It's not because Dennis Schroeder makes it sound is like he's dropping forty. Yeah, you see what I, you yeah. know what I mean though. <laughs> Bigger sound like he's Shagel just Alexander. <laughs> no, but he was their hey, best man. point of attack That's defender, cool. and it helped him a lot to have that strong point guard defender. Like I yeah. liked, I liked him more than D'Lo. Like I, I you had to pay D'Lo because like you don't want to lose him for nothing. But I always was like low key trade him and keep Schroeder. I just love to see you down bad in terms of your team, I do man. Too. And anyways, let's, let's move on from this fucking team. Let's talk about a team that's <laughs> up right now. Let's switch from my misery to Donovan rejoicing. We're going to spread the love to you because the New York Knicks are fucking incredible. They're up to the three seed in the East. They are the best defense in the league by far over the past two weeks since they got OG Ananobi. They have like a 98 defensive rating, which is insanity for that sample size. And they're just shackling everybody, beating the shit out of everybody on the offensive rebounds. Jalen Brunson's a god. J- Julius Randle's hurt. Prayers. OG Anobi is a perfect piece for them. Amazing. Hartenstein I is a dog. Hate my life so much. And Todd Gibson <laughs> is back too. You have Let's everything. <laughs> He's never leaving. He's never <laughs> leaving. The New York Knicks gave up 110 points or more exactly one time in the month of January. What? Exactly. What? Exactly. The league average offensive rating. Bing bong. Bing bong. <laughs> You bums. Everybody's out here giving up 140. The, the Knicks don't give up 110. The defense is fantastic. This is exactly, right? This is exactly. And we talk a lot about teams who have no idea what they're doing. The New York Knicks know exactly what they're doing. They know exactly who they are. They have an identity. And the fact that, listen, Mitchell Robinson, who is one of the best 
I love this. First of all, this is one of my favorite videos and one of my favorite memes is Pat, uh, Pat Bev and the Tim Wolves crying after the plane. It's amazing. <laughs> what an era. But this, is, but this is how I feel, right? Because even with Mitchell Robinson out and even with one of the best offensive rebounding bigs in the league gone, Isaiah Hartenstein has stepped up to the plate. Jericho Sims, Taj Gibson, all these guys playing play the five. The Knicks are still the best offensive rebounding team in the league, right? The, the Knicks By are far. still... The Knicks, are, they are still one of the best defensive uh, rebounding teams in the league. They don't foul at a very, very high rate. Jalen Brunson, over the, since 20, since I guess this month, right? Since the start of 24, is averaging 29 and 8 a game, shooting nearly, 50, nearly shooting 50% from the field. OG Ananobi is everything that Tom Thibodeau, that the Knicks needed, right? They needed a wing. They needed a, a 3 and D wing who can actually shoot threes and actually play defense and everything that they were trying to make R.J. Barrett do. O.J. Ananobi is actually that. The, vill the villain of a Wildcats. Everybody has come in there. They know how to play together. This team, and I talked about it on the stream on Monday. I said that... Um, 8 p.m. There was a tune in. Exactly. There was a possibility that this team gets to the number two seed in the Eastern Conference if the Bucks keep sliding because now that Joel Embiid is hurt on... Tuesday, whenever we streamed, the Knicks overtook the, the 76ers. They are now the three seed in the East. This team, do not let Mitchell Robinson come back because I'm telling <laughs> you right now, I'm letting you know right now, if he comes back and Julius Randle is healthy, we're going to the conference finals. And Boston, if it's a, if it's a three-point game with five minutes to go, I promise you, you're losing because none of y'all know how to play <laughs> oh down the stretch. God. This team is fantastic. This, oh, my goodness. And all you, Dude. both of you, try to gaslight me. Tell me that the Atlanta Hawks were going to be better. Don't think I forgot. We're so <laughs> off the Hawks. Shut up. Don't think I forgot. You didn't think we're we were so going to do this, that. and I knew. And I knew, and I tried to tell y'all, but y'all didn't want to listen. listen. First of all, OG Anobi wasn't a Nick when we said that declaration, so yeah. go fuck yourself. <laughs> we're so past the Hawks. Fuck them. On the it doesn't show, matter who's out. hurt. It doesn't matter who's on the team. This team is up. <laughs> This team no, is it up. matters a lot. It matters a lot because OJ Anobi makes this team all the difference. Up. Why? Because Jalen Brunson, all-star starter, all-star starter snub. Come Lame on now, ass celebration. Let's come move on, on. Now. Isaac. What's your point? at least he God can do that it. celebration more than Trey Young because he's knocking everything <laughs> down, right? No. Every shot he picks up goes point. in. I understand <laughs> you're going to gloat for your team from the jump of the year. You have blind confidence in them because of your team, but. They are such a night and day different team with OG Ananobi now. No, no. Like, it's, I get, it's actually I get completely it. like, different. It's actually it's completely, completely different. different. Like, I actually like watching this team play right now. It's actually I know, very like, fun. Yeah, I did not like watching them at all. <laughs> yeah. And OG, I was listening to the Thinking Basketball podcast where Ben Taylor was talking to Dave DeFore, who's a guest he has on a lot. He works for The Athletic, does a lot of podcasts for them. And he he said that he thinks OG right now is the same level of player as like a tertiary third starter as like Chris Middleton, which he means like better Chris Middleton, not like yeah. this version. And he's right. Like you might say that might sound crazy because OG's like not a scorer. You don't think about him as like low level all-star. But in terms of impact to winning, ability to play next to other stars, fill all the gaps you want. He can play small ball five. He can guard guards. He can guard big forwards. He can stretch the court in the corners. He's a great cutter. All this stuff, he is absolutely perfect to play next to stars. And like it's so funny because we talked about for years now that we wanted OG to be traded and go to another team to be with a winning team and like show his strengths from a team that actually needs them and like fits him well and this is the best version of that possible uh, you can't imagine a better coach for OG Anobi than Tom Thibodeau he all the stuff they Luol do Dang. with offensive rebounding <laughs> he's perfect he, exactly he's a new Luau Dang 
just there's the strength shows, the size shows, the, the tenacity he plays like 42 minutes a game. Like it's glove and hand fit. Yeah, nah. Tom Thibodeau saw him, just saw another six eight six nine African dude, and he was like, "My Luol Deng, <laughs> my sweet king, I needed you and I missed you." Um, and yeah, I completely agree. The impact is surreal. The stats, the little 15, 16, sometimes eighteen points that he he be giving them, that does not explain how valuable he is on the court. It doesn't show the spacing that he provides. It doesn't show the just opportunity and the gateways of positive stuff happening on the court, the boxing out, the defense, um, just being a blanket and filling up whatever holds that the Knicks might have at the, at the moment on the court. There's just so much that he does and that he provides that allows the Knicks to be on another level of like contender. And I said on the, I think on the stream the other day that this team could easily upset the a team like the Boston Celtics, not the, not the Celtics, but they get, they get upset one of the no, better no, teams they in could. the Eastern You Conference. were right. You were right. You're they right. could do so, that. It, you mentioned the, you player. mentioned the boxing out. I want to talk about that a little bit because this team, even outside of the OJ Nobi fixing things, even before this trade, they were already one of the better offensive rebounding teams. Already, mm-hmm. they don't foul a lot. They were profiled as a good defensive team that took them a bit to put it together. They are so unbelievably well coached on that end right now. Like Tom Thibodeau has his flaws, but this year he's having one of the best coaching just like spectacles he's had in years, doing his strengths well. Like I was again listening to Thinking Basketball podcast. I was listening to them talk about the subject. And like Dave Dufour mentioned something I had to go back and watch myself. The way they box out, you know, like obviously there's a lot of three-point shots these days that create long rebounds. They like box in. They'll basically like box the big men in so when the long rebounds come, they can come out and get it. Like the inverse of a box out. They do that incredibly disciplined. They do have a lot of cutters. Josh Hart and Ginobi cut a lot, puts them in position to get offensive rebounds. Julius Randle puts his head down and fucking drives to the rim. It's kind of ugly sometimes, but you know, he does what he does. (laughs) That leads to offensive rebounds because he's always around the rim. Like they know how to maximize opportunities to do their strengths well on that side when it comes to the boards, not failing a lot, all that type of stuff. They just know themselves incredibly well. Yeah. And I, and I listen, even among this entire month, it's been amazing. There's two things that are like that we have to keep our, our eye on. One is the fundamental and like the foundational pieces of our defense. Those things are for real because we have been doing them all, all year. The other thing is, for the Knicks to hit this high end, right now, since this entire month, they're second in the league in opponent three-point percentage, right? The uh, teams, teams are shooting 32% from three against them. And so that's that's going to come back to, to yeah. the middle a, a little bit. But again, just like the ability to not give extra points at, at the free throw line, to not give second chance points, and for a team that doesn't play fast, right? This team really really is slowing the is slowing the game down their bottom five in pace uh since the start of the year and i'm referencing the start of the year because th- this team really is pre-og ananobi and post-og ananobi it's two different things that that you're looking at and they 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 slow it down and so when there's a limited amount of possessions and you are not giving up an extra point here an extra point there right an extra rebound there all those things add up and and matter and in a playoff context this is exactly what you want to see, right? So if you are going up against the, you know, the Cleveland Cavaliers, which we saw last year, they were able to out-physical them. Jalen Brunson is amazing in isolation. Julius Randle, when he has it going, he ha- he's amazing in isolation. And so the ability to create for themselves and then everybody else, like Dante DiVincenzo, the big ragu, he's been shooting lights out. There's, there's so many things that you can play off of that <laughs> where I think that, 
I, I truly think that this team has a conference final ceiling. And depending yeah. on the, and I'm so serious, depending on the, the shooting luck that Boston has, if we end up playing them, which granted, they have played them fairly well over the last like two, three years. Depending on the shooting luck that they have, they could they could beat them. I, I don't I don't think it, it would be an yeah. easy series. I don't think it would be an easy series at all. We've seen the Celtics go very very cold, and all it takes is two games, and the series is is boom, it's switched. So the team, listen, the ceiling is a lot higher than what a lot of people may think it is. I think the floor is incredibly high. Like they're going to be a, they're not going to have a, they're not losing the first round. I don't think I ready to rule that out. I agree. It's just hard. Like. It's so hard when you know they have their limitations with their top end talent offensively. That like it's like Jalen Brunson versus the world, and we saw in the second round of the playoffs, Jalen Brunson was really good and effective. But it's hard for him to be effective getting his own shot and also creating offense for the rest of the team because he's just like not a particularly strong playmaker. And he again, he's very get his own shot oriented. You throw doubles at him, and he's not he's not Luka Doncic. He can't jump up and throw a dot to the corner. He can't be Jokic throwing a dot to the cutter every time you double him. Like. Doubling him is actually effective. Same type of thing we see against like a Trey Young in the playoffs. Because of their lack of size that restricts their passing ability in those scenarios, it's hard for them when they don't have another really strong creator on offense. And that's just like an inevitable ceiling limiter, I think, with the way this team's construction is until they get like whoever the next star is with all the assets they have. Exactly. So I just don't know how to project their ceiling. I think the per- I, I'm a, I'd be willing to like put them into championship contention ceiling range once they figure out who that second star is or potentially first stars or whatever and all lights point towards Julius Randle I think you know he can only take you so far as the second best player second best player on the team and it's just a time thing for the New York Knicks right now every the entire front office is in lockstep this is the best and most aligned that I've seen this team since I've been a since I've ever started watching basketball bro I've never seen <laughs> them this competent Head to toe, the roster aligns, coaches, coaches' vision aligns. Like everything yeah. is working beautiful for them right now. I will say, I wasn't like super high on the idea of a Donovan Mitchell trade because like the two small guard thing. What we're seeing now with OG and Obi there and how strong their defensive principles are, I think it makes a lot of sense. Honestly, I think they have one of the rare team constructions that can build around two small guards and it not be an issue. I think if things don't go well in Cleveland and the summer comes around, you know they sell these assets, they sell the Julius Randle contract. I'm very hopeful for the team's future if something like that does happen. I, I agree. I want to push back on something that you said, though. In No. I, I, I'm <laughs> going to do it anyways. Shove <laughs> him. In, in, the, in the idea that, like, the, the high-end talent... Like, Brunson in that in the second-round series against Miami, he was, he was going crazy, yeah, right? Yeah, he, he was a great scorer, yeah. He numbers and, barely dropped. And he was averaging 30, 30, over 30 a night, shooting 50% from the field in that series. The problem is, or the problem was, in that, especially in the closeout game, R.J. Barrett is going three, three or 14 or, or whatever. What Him and Julius Randle were putting up tour date um, shooting splits. The, the very big thing is, like, if that is not, if that's O.J. Ananobi in the corner rather than R.J. Barrett, what are you, what are you getting? Because if anybody yeah. else, if anybody else had, had decided to step up, like Quentin Grimes wasn't there, um, like he wasn't showing up, quickly had a bad series. If anybody else decided to help out Jalen Brunson, there's a very real possibility that they could have won that series, especially with the way that Miami was. And so now I'm just looking at it and you see the fact that they are able to, again, 
create extra possessions for themselves, that OG can do a lot of things off ball, and the fact that you have somebody who can le- legitimately say, hey, that's their best player, go guard them, make, make life <laughs> hard for them, right? Go, yeah. go make them work. They can make the conference finals, and they 100%, I think, should be taken seriously as a, as a finals contender. For sure. Let me let me explain more what I mean with the Jalen Brunson things because I know you know what I mean. But people are Knicks fans, you know, they're so fucking defensive of Jalen Brunson. They got on Candace Parker's ass for saying <laughs> in the second round playoffs, not he wasn't quite as effective. And they were like, he averaged, like you said, averaged thirty and six, fifty percent from the field. I agree, he was perfectly fine. The problem is, like you you said, it's because R.J. Barrett, people in them like were in the corners, not being able to hit a thing. That's the problem. Jalen Brunson can be extremely effective scoring the ball. You're not gonna slow him down in that way. And the possessions where he's not getting his shot and he has to pass it off of because he's doubled, he's throwing it to the side, and those guys can't do a thing with the ball in their hands. And that's what I mean the issue is. is because he's not a high-level passer, you need a really strong secondary playmaker. If they need like a Draymond Green, a whoever that can get on the short roll and make passes, they still don't have that. As great as OG Anobi is, he's not a strong on-ball playmaker, so they still don't have that release valve that can complement Jalen Brunson that way and make up for the passing deficiencies. And that's the issue there. Not necessarily that Jalen Brunson's going to like shoot poorly. Yeah, and I think that just comes with time as they continue to figure out how to, how to elevate this offense. Just to make it simple, they need more layers to their offense and a couple more counters because yeah. I don't want to say it's predictable, but it is kind of predictable. No, Jalen no, Brunson's it's unstoppable in my opinion. It's very predictable. Yeah, yeah. Jalen Brunson's amazing at creating his own shot. He's just not the type of floor raiser he is for other people. He's not making everybody's life around him easier, which is no like affront to him. He's great at what he does. That's just not his game. And they need somebody who that is their game, you know? I agree. Here's, here's what it is. Jalen Brunson and Julius Randle are going to hit you in the mouth over and over <laughs> yeah. and over and over. Yeah. And he's going to give you the shimmy shake. He's going to throw his shoulder into your chest. He's going to move you back. And for a lot of people in the league, there's absolutely nothing you can do. And when we get down to playoff basketball, I, I'm very, very curious. I think a lot of this hinges on Julius Randle's health because I think if he is healthy and can be somewhat effective, if he's not shooting two of 15, which is at this point, we've seen a couple of playoff runs where he has done that. And it might be a very big ask at this point. Please, Julius Randle, if you can shoot six of 17, we're, <laughs> we're cooking. Like, listen, the bar's the floor right now. Because Jalen Brunson, he's going to come out. He's going to make big shots. We've seen him take a take a leap in his three point shot this year. Guys, this team is different. This this team is it's, <laughs> it's different than every other Knicks team that that we've seen. the The potential here is sky high. Yeah, man, they're awesome. Like it's just so cool when you see a team that knows themselves. Like I said, knows their strengths and their weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And instead of like trying to seek out something to like change the team because they're not good enough and like completely alter those strengths. They just double down on the strength and just strengthen their strength and get better at what they do well. It just it leads to awesome shit like this where you just have such a competitive advantage in so many key areas on the court. That even if we know you're not like the Celtics, you're not the Nuggets, whatever, you're just such an interesting team. We are the, yeah. a game and a half out of the two seed. Yeah. Hey, man, guys. <laughs> it's going to happen. We're going to be the two <laughs> seed. We're going to be the two seed. We're probably going to play... Let's say Miami wins wins the uh, wins the play in. We get Miami in the, in the first round. That's tough though. That's tough. It's tough. <laughs> that's it's a tough. rock fight. <laughs> yeah, that's. But I, I, that's I'll, I'll take us. Tough. I'll take us versus anybody. 
I don't want to see first round Jimmy in the playoffs. You know, first round Jimmy, he fucking has all the energy in the world from the whole regular season of coasting we'll before he burns up. out in the conference finals. We'll lock him he's, up. he's on one. Yeah, those are the two most gritty and grindiest teams in the entire NBA. Like, in order we'll to win this bitch, Tom Thibodeau going to need to pull out tables, ladders, and chairs, and fucking, there's going to be like, <laughs> there's going to be complete chaos on the court, bro. Don't so let us see Orlando. Basketball ever. If we see Orlando in the first round, we might sweep. Like, oh, you 100% sweep. Or 1,000% sweep Orlando, I think. Sweep? Dang, oh, Paulo can't get one. Franz can't get one. Jonathan Isaac can't get one. Those games, Stop. those games would be a rock fight. That's gonna I've be never. That's gonna be 2008 basketball, 69. You know, 80, 82 to 81. It's gonna be. Good I don't want to throw any. I hate to be the guy to throw shots at the Orlando Magic. Such a feel good story. They would get their backs one out by the Knicks. <laughs> wow. Knicks in three. And Nixon with that three. being said, Isaac, people are gonna pick what you just said and label you as a magic hater because these folks were in their fucking feelings talking about so oh my god you're scope all of camera a shot chucker fuck you dude you're just fucking hater i understand what you mean <laughs> and i like semi agree to it this is not going to be a competition at all these two teams are not even on the same level remotely um but you know it'll be interesting and the knicks should handle their business if this comes but yeah you're right the orlando oh, magic they have slid like a motherfucker Injuries have been beating their ass consistently. Yeah, and and in, people have been in and out of the in and out of the lineup on a consistent basis too. So it's like they're kind of they're kind of cooked, but they still met expectations in my opinion. They're doing exactly what yeah, they should be doing. Seed. Yeah, they're eight Yeah, also season. you know they weren't expect they weren't expected to be like a top five team. So no 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 affront <laughs> to them. Like I said, also fire theme song, best theme song in the NBA. Correct. You have you have a lot going for you, Orlando. Good job. You've seen those things that the, the Detroit Lions TikTok page does whenever somebody talks bad about them and they win. They like put them on a, in a TikTok. Yeah. Like ratio Theo Ash. Yeah. Fucking the London Magic fan do that to me. <laughs> that is hilarious. They're getting their backs blown out. Meanwhile, they beat the Knicks <laughs> in the first round. <laughs> that would never happen. That would never happen. <laughs> I'm safe. Let's, if it happens, I'm going to be let's here be gapping about it. Yeah, man. That's too much Knicks talk. You got, you got your ego shrugged a little bit. Let's move on. I think we're talking about the other drama piece that's going on this week. There has been a lot made about Joel Embiid and whether or not he plays certain games. You know, it started last week. He didn't play the game against the Denver Nuggets after seemingly being healthy. And he was a late, late scratch, was never on the injury report, got scratched like a half an hour before the game started. And people were pissed. I saw people comparing him to Hitler. People were being so dramatic. People were going crazy. Fans were just like, he gets so much vitriol. It's crazy. People were acting like he decided to sit out. Legitimately, they think he's ducking games, like he doesn't want to play in Denver. Like people have the type of brain rot where they actually think that Joel Embiid saw the schedule and was like, I don't want to play there. Which like, I don't know. I try not to like be too disrespectful to people who have certain views. That is not you're true. A fucking, <laughs> you're, not a, true. you're a fucking idiot if you think that. Like, <laughs> no, no, like, you're fucking <laughs> stupid if you think that. Like you're generally fucking dumb. Yeah. And it's just hilarious. Isaac calls people then, stupid more than anybody else. He loves it. Don't let him fool you. <laughs> he and loves he has every right to do it too. He has every every right to do so because we saw this play last night against the Golden State Warriors. He was just running, and all of a sudden he tries to jump. He has zero. If someone it looks like someone absolutely just sniped his knees from exactly. the stands, bro. He 100%. shouldn't have played so that, last night. Hundred exactly. percent. He shouldn't have played. People thought it was a fake injury. Whatever. Yada yada yada. Bullshit. And then he comes back. He misses the next game as well. The war- He plays the Warriors two nights ago. He's questionable, and he pushes through, clearly because he's trying to not be labeled this way, right? He hears what people say about him every year. 
Mm-hmm. And like you just said, he gets hurt again in the Warriors game. And now he's going to be out for who knows how long. And I say all this to say, all of this is because this fucking 65-game threshold that has he made to be an All-NBA team and MVP, he's trying to hit that 65 games because why wouldn't he, right? It's a great accomplishment you want to get. And it's leading to him being hurt. We saw the same thing happen to Tyrese Halliburton, who missed eight straight games and came back too early from a hamstring because he wanted to make All-NBA and get the Supermax, got hurt again. It's just leading to nonstop negatives. It's cooked. It's sad. I hate to see it so much. I hate everything that Adam Silver has done to my league. Just kidding. Hyperbole, of course. But in terms of this right here, all he's just being this type, this stern in order to go ahead and like secure this TV deal bag. I get it. But at the same time, this shit was so illogical and they did not run through the worst case scenarios and the worst case case scenario in this in this situation is that we're seeing one of the greatest scoring seasons point blank period ever not only from a big man or anything like that just point blank period ever just go on not unnoticed because in our minds i'm sure that we're all gonna agree he should have been mvp this season that's assumed that he doesn't hit that 65 game threshold all because of tv deal money that's all it comes to at the end of the day yeah, and I, yeah. I've, I, go ahead. I've, I've gone back and forth on this rule because on one hand, like I understand, I understand wanting the winners of these awards to have played a significant like part of, of the season, right? I, I understand that. I understand trying to put pressure on people to actually play in these like marquee games because that's what you're selling the TV does. I understand like it's a business, it's a product, and you're trying to prioritize that. However, there's the other side where Joel Embiid, quote unquote, ducked, right, sat out on a nationally televised game. You are still getting that this year. And so when you go back in the offseason and they start talking about the rules and stuff like this, everything that you tried to prevent was still able to happen under the 65 game rule. And I, I don't I don't know. It's 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 really tough because, again, I understand wanting to have like the top award say this person played this much they deserve it and if you weren't on if you weren't available then you can't be eligible for this for this award like i, I do yeah get let that. me let me address that because this has been a very okay i'm, I'm just going to be in another another part of me calling people fucking stupid i'm just going to be on, on one today <laughs> i hate this discourse it's such an annoying argument i told you he because loves it. I'm just I've been so annoyed the past few weeks this is running thing I'm so annoyed by discourse lately I need to get off Twitter it's just fucking <laughs> making my blood boil but the argument like you're saying people are saying uh, is this such a smug response where they're like is it really that crazy to make them do their job and play the games that's why they're paid boo hoo they make millions to play the games that's the whole point I'm not gonna feel bad and it's just so smug and just like surface level I'm not gonna think about it I'm just like yeah I'm they should play the games but like Duh. The argument isn't that you should let people win MVP to play 40 games. The point is, the voters were going to legislate that regardless. If somebody plays 60 games and somebody plays 82, the voters are already going to account for that. You've seen it before. That's already in stone. That's going to be a thing. So, the point is, doing a hard line at 65 and forcing them to play through injuries is just doing more harm than good. Especially for All-NBA, where there's a big monetary attachment to it for young players trying to get the different levels of max contracts. Like you, we could go out here and be like, I think it should just like not be that. Sixty-five is a hard line; is ridiculous. It should still matter though. They should play the games, and they'll respond like, "So you're saying games don't matter?" And it's just like, 
that's just a, a one point thing that there's no level of arguments to it. It's so dumb. Because of this rule, we're going to see guys like Tyrese Halliburton potentially miss out on like 20 to 40 million dollars in terms of incentives because he's he might not be able to hit this threshold because we're 50 games or whatever it is into the season so far. And now, like to the people watching who has that line of thought process where it's just like, yeah, they should be able to play. If you don't play, you don't get paid or whatever. Bro, let's be real. If something happens to you at your job, at your day to day job, meaning like you didn't you did nothing wrong, you just been doing your thing, you're going to get time off. And that's due to respect to your through your employer because you got hurt in line of working at you like that. And so same <laughs> thing applies here. It's just normal thing. No one's ducking and dodging. They're just doing what's best. They should be doing what's best for the organization, the team, their career, and all in all, big picture, the NBA. And it's also just dumb that we some reason, I don't know what discourse made us get this way. I think it was probably Anthony Davis. We've started to talk about injuries as if it's like a flaw of somebody and it's like like they're just pussy and like they're doing it on purpose and like they sh- it's a character flaw. Like they should just be tough and not get hurt. Like so much of that is outside of the control of the people. You know, you can tweak your ankle and you never know what happens. And we, we just were treating it like it's like an affront to the game that people are getting hurt more now. Like it's just like back in my day, we didn't get injured. We played through games. Like it's such a weird moral stance people are making. I feel like this started to really brew back in like 2013, 2012, back in the peak, not peak Spurs days, but when the Spurs, when the Spurs yeah. were really, really fucking good. And we would see guys like Greg Popovich just hit his entire entire starting lineup and not give a single fuck to the entire NBA. He just like, I'm just wrench, benching everybody. Why? Because I said so. Um, <laughs> and we've seen players, teams do that here and there, in and out. And I think a lot of fans just like have miscues and just the wrong entire thought process about things they don't understand like the back end things happening most of the time it's coaches and medical staff and people like that trying to emphasize rest so they can be at peak performance when all this shit matters the most yeah yeah i don't i think the nba one of the things that like becomes a different conversation is they have to figure out where um where the incentives get placed from, right? So, like, are they going to be all NBA? Is it going to be from all star, uh, from all star stuff? Because let's say that somebody gets hurt throughout the entire throughout the season, but like the first half of the year they were balling, they made they made the all star team, but they missed the second half of the year because of injury, and now they can't make all NBA. Like, should we attach the monetary stuff to the all star stuff? I there. The system right now just feels a little weird. I think because of how much players get get hurt and now because you're trying to mandate where people like how how much people have to play, there the system feels like it needs a kind of complete overhaul. And I don't know, with with the way that that discourse is, this rule felt like Adam Silver just being like uh, all right, people are mad about the games. All right, like you have to play a certain, a certain amount of games. Like he, he just threw Literally. something at, at the wall and there's not that much like thought into it. And so now we get into one year of it happening and everything is, and everybody's like, yo, this rule is kind of, it's kind of stupid, right? Like not, now you're, Fast. now you're costing me $40 million because my hamstring got tweaked and I was trying to do that for you. I, I think that maybe switching it to different criteria and, or having those incentives built into your contract might have to be, change moving forward if we're going to keep this rule when in actuality Mm -hmm. we probably have to get rid of it 
Yeah. 100%. It's just a very, like, I just don't, it's such a lack of critical thinking about, like, the possible outcomes. Like you said, it's just directly to negate load management. And it's just such a narrow, I feel like it's such a narrow view of why people take, why load management happens and what we should do about it. It is, yeah, it's a very lazy reaction to it, I think. Look at TV Look at money. Silver. Messing up again. TV money. That's all. That's all. That's all. And the PA let this happen. Like they probably, they probably just like had to for negotiation for other stuff. But like, mm-hmm. it's honestly crazy. The NBA PA let this happen. Honestly, Grant Williams, vice president. We are looking at you right now. <laughs> you are oh a suspect. Goodness. <laughs> exactly. Who, you are a scammer. Is I think Kyrie's the president of the of the NBA PA. Is he still? I think. I, I think. I, is it Kyrie? No, I know, it can't be. Let me see. At one point he was. I, I don't think he, no, they do re-elections pretty often. CJ McConnell. Oh my goodness! No way it's this dude. Yeah, it's CJ. It? Oh yeah, it is. Kyrie CJ. is not on there anymore. <laughs> He's been gone. <laughs> yeah, I'm like Kyrie after all these years. I I forget who's on who's on the PA. Kyrie was there like 2017. He's been gone. Ah oh, man, Isaac, can you be? Can you imagine being told, "Damn, y'all skipped out on the stream Monday because Isaac has a tummy ache. Y'all ain't getting paid this week." Go to hell. <laughs> you sick to yeah, our man, this is, It's just such a bad rule. Like, let that be a subjective thing. Like, in 65 games, it's such a bad threshold. It's terrible. If it, it was 60 terrible. games, would you guys feel any different? I, I guess it'd be marginally better, but either way, I think the same principle, let the voters decide this and let them weigh it individually. Because, mm-hmm. like, it's so subjective. Like, some years, 55 games won't make sense with their all team all NBA because they had one of the greatest scenes you've ever seen and there's not a lot of tough competition there. Like maybe Bam Adebayo gets hurt too and it's between like Jared Allen or Joel Embiid for third team all NBA. You're going to go the guy that played 55 games but was a god. Some years there's going to be Anthony Davis in running for third team all NBA. So you're going to put him there. Like l- let it be a year to year thing depending on what award and what comparison we're making. To put a hard line in any way I think is just unnecessary. I agree, man. It's tough. And seeing stuff like this happen where like during the offseason, Adam Silver was on JJ Reddick's podcast and he was talking about, oh, yeah, I'd love to see the game be talked about in a way where we're diving into the X's and O's and then bullshit like this is in place. And this is completely getting away from the X's and O's and all the actual interesting stuff that we're talking about or that we're supposed to talk about, because this is like robbing people, robbing fans, robbing just NBA history as a whole of monumentous mo like huge moments that we should all be raving about and telling our kids about and shit like that it's it's hilarious yep. anyways now Jokic doesn't get mvp number three so there's that i guess that's just <laughs> new, new new discourse new nux Jokic mvp's gonna drop <sighs> is that sick is it gonna people are forcing the shea narrative but i think when the voting comes around you're gonna look at them side by side and be like they have basically the same record <laughs> and Jokic is Jokic. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I know Shea's cool and fun, but it's Jokic who's playing the same way he always has. Like, I, I imagine media voters are going to side with him. Wait yeah. until after the All Star break, right? <laughs> I, and and we can we can use this as a as a transition because Embiid's his MVP case is done, right? He's yeah, he's, he's missing. Yeah, he's missing tomorrow's game against the Jazz. He's probably going to miss many more after that, um, based on what it looked like the the knee injury looked like. So. The Shea thing after the All Star break, if if the Thunder finish with the with the one seed, and like I I really think that we're gonna see a late late push. Like you you remember a couple years ago when Devin Booker ended up being like top four, <laughs> top five because yeah. everyone's like, oh, he should be there. I think that kind of push is a hundred percent on the table for Shea in the last two months, 
and he a hundred percent is gonna like push if Jokic doesn't if Jokic does get it. I don't think it's going to be a runaway type of thing. I think yeah, Shea's yeah. going to be right there. Shea's already in it. Yeah, I, I see what you're saying. Shea's yeah. already there. As soon as as soon as Joel Embiid hits that, it's immediately going to be a one A one B debate with Shea and Jokic. Mm-hmm. So I don't even think it's going to be a late push. It's going to be like already the immediate push. I think the late push might be Luka Doncic, who's currently averaging thirty four point seven points fair. per game and ten assists. If they rise up the standings and get to like the four or five seed, which no, no, they're not getting to four, but if they can get to five or six, th- there might be a push there. They have he'll to get, get to he'll five. get third. They, they, they'd have yeah. to get the five. The other two guys who are in the same conference and are like top three seeds, there's no way that they would have to get, honestly, to four. You have to get somewhere comparable. And you, they to, can't. Exactly. Impossible. So I, that's why I just don't think that's going to happen. Yeah. I love this talk because race. we're talking about this right now and no one has talked to, no one has mentioned the best team in the NBA, uh, the Boston Celtics and Jason Tatum potentially taking this shit home. No one should He's be talking about him because I won't fucking vote for him either. Bro. That's what I. That's what um, I thought. I thought. <laughs> I thought this was going to be Tatum's year to get a, a scoring title, get MVP, and yeah, nah, he just hasn't. Happening. Yeah, he is. It's not. It's not going to happen. He's not that he, guy. He just, not yet. He doesn't want. It. He doesn't mm-hmm. want it bad enough. Anyways, man, I guess we transition this to the point of the episode. We did some over an hour in. We had a couple of good rants. It was fun. I got real pissed off. Let's talk about the NBA midseason awards. What we're all here for. Let's do it. We Let's go, man. are here. We are going to decide. Not We're not predicting who we think are going to win it right now. We're going to do strictly off the first 41 games or however many it is now. We're a little bit past the midseason point now. Strictly off of that sample size, who would win these awards if the season ended today? We're going to go through all the regular awards and then add a couple of our own to the end. Should be good. Yeah. Yeah, let's I agree. Let's there's going to be a lot of these awards where I feel like we're going to be in lockstep just because there's like... It's kind of straight to the point. No real conversation outside of maybe two or three awards. But we're going to make this interesting regardless of fact. Yeah. Let's start. Let's get, let's get the easy one out of the way first. MVP. Are we all going Joel Embiid? That's the only right answer. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, he's he still qualifies under this. Yeah. <laughs> for, for our own midseason awards, we're not factoring games played at all out of principle. <laughs> yeah, exactly. We do right over here. Put John Morant. <laughs> okay, now let's relax. Okay. I'm joking. <laughs> but no, it's got to be Embiid, right? It's yeah. pretty clear cut. I don't even, we really don't even got to explain it. One of the best corner seasons of all time. His team's been really good. Great defensive season. Great playmaking season. He's been the best player this year. Yeah, he yeah. got it. Yeah, best player by Shout far so far this season. One of the better teams in the entire NBA. Uh, it's him easily. <laughs> You're not going to win the real award, but at least you get the TD3 midseason MVP. That and means something. And Bede, we will be sending you your sticker via mail. Just let us know what that P.O. <laughs> box is. <laughs> I will send you a corduroy dad hat. There you go. <laughs> Next, let's get to a debate, debateful one. Which, wow, debateful is not a word. What the fuck did I just say? You're in your bag Debatable right now. <laughs> one. <laughs> rookie of the year. Donovan, I'll ask you first. Which way are you leaning for the midseason award for rookie of the year? I'm going with Wemby as my rookie of the year. I wanted to hold okay. on as long as possible for check because I wanted to give him credit. Wemby over the last like month and a half, two, right, six weeks, he has been everything that he was advertised and putting up putting up full game numbers on a minutes restriction. And they have he's been unlocked and he looks like the number one overall pick. He looks like the generational talent that we thought he was going to be even more so than what he looked like in the beginning part of the season. I think it's very clear cut. He's the guy right now. Do y'all realize that Victor Wimanyama currently leads the league in blocks? 
That is like ridiculous. Like in total blocks? In or blocks per game. Yes. He plays 28 minutes per game. Is up to that. 3.1 blocks per game. Yeah, that's Jaron Jackson Jr. stuff. 3.1? <laughs> As a yeah. rookie? Like, they're, they're already they're atop stats. whatever rim protector? He's amazing. They're, they're inflating stats. <laughs> as, as this hasn't been this is an easy rookie of the year for me well let me not say easy it's an interesting conversation it's a true conversation to have and i can yeah. s- understand and see some points and understand why people want to select chet Holmgren because of the insane impact that goes beyond his ses- his sexy statistical numbers that he has already um but Wemby is just the better player i feel like we've lost the true meaning of like what rookie of the year means this is not about like who has had better impact on the team this is just simply about who is the best year one player in the entire nba and chet holmgren in his first real year playing in the nba has been fantastic and on every and in every other regular nba year he would be the rookie of the year but chet i mean but but Wemby is just genuinely a better basketball player on almost all levels of the court, except for his three-point shooting, which will eventually come around. Um, the defense is ridiculous. The scoring in the multitude of ways is ridiculous. Rebounding, like whatever you want, the passing, insanely underrated. It's it's ridiculous. He's there's no words that can be compiled and formed to describe what type of player that he is and how great of a season he's having. Could you yeah, imagine if we switched Wemby and Chet? Like if, <laughs> if, if the Spurs had Chet and if the Thunder had Wemby. They they would be the favorite for the championship right now, right? <laughs> easily. Easily. Yeah, when be the yeah. month of January, 24.5 points, 9.4 rebounds, 2.9 assists, 3.4 blocks, 52% from the field, 31 from 3, 81 83% from the line, plus 8 plus 8 on a tanking team. So it's a positive plus minus. Clear rookie of the year. Come on. You you said uh you said it's a good debate, Mo. That's I'm interested to hear your guys' perspective on this. I guess you just gave it to me cuz you picked Wemby. But Chet is a unique candidate because normally record doesn't really matter because these players are always drafted to terrible teams. So usually it just doesn't come into the conversation, right? Because if you're drafting the top four, typically you suck ass. You don't usually get drafted to a team that has a first team All-NBA guard. That's like hard to do. So normally we don't even think about team record. So does that mean that you're going to throw that out because the precedent is it doesn't matter? So you're like, whatever, I'm just going to look at the best player. Or is Chet Holmgren just like, a generational rookie of the year candidate because he's a legitimate quality player on a winning team that's helping be a contender. Like, does he, that give him a boost because nobody does that, or does it not matter because nobody cares about that? No, both of it, those it, things it, are true. Yes, both, I, I, a little I, bit of both. I, I get it. I get it. I agree. And so, like, Chet had to take the the year off, and last year Chet was like going to be the guy, and it's like we're we're probably going to see this for the rest of their career, like. Chet is going to be amazing and fantastic. And we're like, oh my God, look at all these things that Chet can do. And then you're going to change the channel and you're going to watch Victor Wembanyama play. And you're going to be like, yo, <laughs> this is crazy. Like, yeah. look at all the things he can do. And it's that's why this rivalry that the NBA has already started, started to try and m- make a thing between Chet and, and Vic, that's why it's going to be a thing. Because at the heart of hearts, you kind of know, Wemby's better than than Chet. And we're, we're really just waiting mm-hmm. for Wemby to be able to have the stage to play as many minutes as Chet and to play on a team as good as Chet. Like if, if the Spurs were decent, 
everybody and i like isaac's been saying this for the last three weeks the rest of the nba media like a lot of a lot of people who who you know followed the nba they haven't necessarily caught up to how good wemby's been if he if the spurs were the nine seed like if they were where the rockets were everybody in the league everybody who are the casuals who watch the nba they would be talking about the spurs and wemby and how good he is and oh my god look at this guy like can't wait to get him in the playoffs he's that guy and I think right now it's very, very clear. You know who I said that the Orlando Magic in discourse are getting the benefit of being good month one and nobody realized they've fallen off a little bit because nobody watches yeah. them? Wimby yeah. has the inverse. He has the downside of he was struggling a little bit month one and people stop watching him, watching the Spurs, and they don't realize he's become a legitimate goon now. I don't know. People have been calling me a Wimby Glazer a lot in the TikTok comments because I'm like, pay attention, he's insane. I think he might be like a top 20 to 25 player already. Is that crazy? Can we talk I wouldn't about top say 15? that is in. Okay. Ooh, now that ooh. is crazy. All right, now <laughs> listen, you listen, are glazing. Listen, You're listen, worse listen. than listen. that. All, all, I'm, all I'm saying is how many, how many defenders right now are, again, take him out of the Spurs system. How many defenders right now are you taking over Victor Wembanyama? Like two? I don't know. Anthony Davis, Giannis. Maybe go bear and then Wemby. <laughs> it's, That's tough. It's a it's a very very short list, and we've seen already. Uh, we've seen already when you when you take somebody who's playing who's supposed to be playing power forward and you put them at, at point guard. If you give him a regular NBA point guard, right backup point guard, very mid. This is the kind of of production that, that you can give when you put him at his normal position when you give him a competent player if you put Victor Wembanyama in a situation where he has good players around him and people have to worry about every about everybody else on the floor I genuinely think that we would be talking about him as like the way we were talking about Zion last year we w- would be talking about Wemby that way and next year we 100% are going to be doing that like he thousand percent top, top 15 is not if we're just going like pound for pound take away everything else i don't Damn. think it's crazy i don't think it's crazy I, going into next season to talk about it oh for sure next season i can get it right now yeah. 15 is a little high i think i'm, I'm getting a little high with 20 just because like, like anthony edwards might be like 14 or 15 so like I'll g- give it some time next year we'll have those combos for sure but right now if you tell me he's like the 21st best player in the league like Talk to me in July. Talk, talk, to, talk to me in July. You guys are going to hate me in July. Same. Who's the most... Who, 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 who would I say without being disrespectful? How much <laughs> better right now is Bam Adebayo than Victor Wembanyama? I think Jaron Jackson Jr. is the better answer right now. Uh, no, Victor's he, better than Jaron. Victor's better than Jaron. He's clear. He Jaron. Wow. He's better. I don't care. He clears Jaron. Wow. How much better is Bam than Victor Wembanyama right now? A little bit. Is he better than Victor Wembanyama right now? Yeah, I'll like, I'll give Bam the slight nod, and that's only because of just what? like I've seen Respecting him. Respecting our do elders, it. exactly. That's literally <laughs> the only reason why. That's literally the only reason why. If Victor Wembanyama was a part of the Miami Heat, oh my God, they might. I I, I don't like this. And I'm gonna sound crazy to some people. I'm gonna sound nuts because people find it crazy to give a rookie who hasn't done anything that type of respect. But there's no reason to wait. Same reason we didn't wait in year two when Luka Doncic was clearly like a top 10 player already, averaging 28, 9, and 9. We don't need to wait for Wemby. He's clearly already on that level of being a low-level all-star. He's not going to get it because the team's ass and he's on minutes restriction. But he is that good already. Don't be a person that tries to wait just because you need to see it happen more. It's fine. He's that guy. 
Top Man. 15 is coming. Top, top 15, it's on the way. Soon. It's on the way. So what it sounds yeah. like is uh, that like you guys aren't even considering Chet for real, or do you guys think that there's like a valid argument for him? For sure is. Yeah. yeah like I said, it, you could argue, if you want to argue that he's a special rookie of the year because he can be the third, second or third best player on a title contender and you give it to him, I don't have any issues with that. Yeah. And and also Chet has come in and also been the the anchor to one of the best defenses in the league. He's he's legitimately provided the Thunder with a next level ceiling. Like everything that they needed uh last year, Chet Holmgren has come in. He's provided spacing for them. He's providing elite room protection. Like there there's a difference between like rookie of the year and who we just think in a vacuum is a better player. But what Chet has done this year should it shouldn't be scoffed at. Like and I and even yeah. though that even though that I'm that I'm picking Wimby, I don't want to make it seem like I'm disrespecting anything that Chet has done because he's been legitimately fantastic this year. Also, I agree. If we're doing this for just first half of the year, season today, Chet's hit kind of a rookie wall for the last five or six games. He's kind of been struggling. Of the last five games, he's had single digit points in four of them. I mean, three Whew. of them. Four yeah. points against Minnesota, nine points against Detroit, eight points against Portland. He's just tired. It's a rookie wall thing. And this happens with almost every rookie. It's hard to play 82 games when you just came out of college and you played, what is it? What is their season? Like 35 or something? It's 30, 33, 34. Yeah. It's a long season before the all-star break. This typically happens. Vic hasn't had that issue mostly because he's on a minutes restriction. So there's that. Yeah. I'm happy. We can move on to the next award. We can move on. Next award. Let's do an easy one. Defense player of the year. Give it to Three, Rudy. Two, one. Rudy Gobert. Rudy Gobert. Give, give it to Rudy. Give it to Rudy. Yep. Listen, the only debate man. early in the season was potentially Anthony Davis because the Lakers were profiling like a top defensive team. They're fucking not at all. So it's not even a conversation anymore. It's so easily Rudy Gobert. This is why you go. This is why the front office wanted to go ahead and give away them boatload of picks for Rudy Gobert. Now, did they overpay? So maybe a little bit, but who cares? They got what they wanted. Uh, they have a newfound team identity. Rudy Gobert is the second best player on that team in terms of impact. The main reason why they're just like on another level good. We've seen this type of good built around Rudy Gobert before with the Utah Jazz is because of his defense and how they decide to funnel everything towards this dude who has some of the greatest instincts that we've seen before has been able to move his feet. Obviously not. He's not guarding guards like Curry or anything like that on a consistent basis. But in terms of just like being able to keep up and making those swift adjustments and turning his hips. He's one of the best in the league. Um, and he's deterring almost every shot that comes his way. He is definitely the yeah. defensive player of the year. Facts. Facts. They have a 108.6 defensive rating in 2024. Second place Boston is 111. That's a huge gap between one and two. That's crazy. He's so easily that. What I want to know is, who do you think is going to finish second and third? Because I think it might be at this rate, OG Ananobi and Jared Allen. Who's crazy, right? OG Anunoby. I think OG get gets second. Yeah, I think I, I we've seen we've seen a, a push in the last couple of years of people trying to give like wing defenders a little bit more love, and OG also has been fantastic. He's come on, onto the Knicks and been amazing defensively. So like it it tracks out, but there hasn't been like when it's clear cut, everyone's gonna be like, all right, Rudy, he's he's DPOY. Who else can I give love to? And then OG's probably yeah. going to fill that fill that void. 100%. And the Cavs wow. are third in defense right now with Evan Mobley out most of the year. Jared Allen's been amazing. I think Jared Allen might slip into that top three. That is... A lot of, a lot of season happened, though, so who knows? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I agree. Me, personally, I don't think I would put OG Ananobi 
like number two just because of, you know, he hasn't been on the Knicks the entire season and there was like a good 25, 30 games or whatever it was to where like no one was having these conversations about him. But I'm happy stuff. that everyone is like, <laughs> I know, I yeah. agree. I, I mean, by the end of the year, though, not right now. Like, so when he will have played like 55 games with them. Yeah, that's 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 fair. I think I still think it might be. Personally, I would dox him for like, okay, you have to do it for the entire season. Maybe I'm a bastard, but that's just, that's just what I'm doing. Yeah, Maybe you're it's a Knicks vendetta. It is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but it is what it is. <laughs> um, yeah, I, th- I I see what you mean, but I think he's a special case because what they the turnaround they made is so absurd. <laughs> like by the time the, the year comes around, Completely yeah, exactly. And it, it'll have been like 55 games. You know, like he played with the Raptors. He was still a good defender. Like he was he wasn't like hurt. So I, I can see him getting on there. I think that's a fair assessment. Let's move on to the next award. Six man of the year. Who do you guys have? This is a mid off if I ain't seen one before. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> Usually there's like a clear cut, oh my god, this guy's coming in different this year type of six man of the year. And it's just like a whole lot of meh all around the league. And we've seen the story before. Uh six man of the year award is typically someone who just gets hella buckets coming off of the bench. It's yep. like the Lou Williams, Jamal Crawford, and as of late, like Jordan Clarkson award. And some of the top candidates this year are guys like Tim Hardaway Jr., Bogdan Bogdanovich, and uh, Jordan Clarkson, again, could be up there. I wish I could give it to someone like Nas Reed, but his numbers haven't been the sexiest as of late, and he just doesn't qualify in terms of what this award is has been about over the last few years. So me, personally, I think I might just I, – I might lean towards Tim Hardaway Jr., even though I want to give it to Bogdan Bogdanovich on the Hawks. Correct. Tim Hardaway Jr. is the correct pick, and he is my pick. I agree. Good Clean job, sweep. Tim. That's Clean it. sweep. <laughs> That's it. There you go. He's currently averaging 18.7 points per game. Luka Doncic has missed some time. Kyrie Irving's missed some time. They don't have a ton of guard depth around that, and Tim Hardaway has been rock steady there, being the second guard or third guard, depending on who's available. And it's been great for them. He's having a really strong shooting season, getting to the rim better than he does in usual seasons. He's obviously not a great defensive player, but this is a points per game award. So literally, it's all that matters for voters. He's yeah. getting buckets. Yeah. Yeah, yeah exactly. As of late, he's been absolutely snapping, putting up 36, 19, 13, 17, and 20. He's been absolutely opening tonight. I believe he played too. He had a great game as well. So this is his award. Congratulations to you, sir. Shout out you. <laughs> Next award. Who was y'all's most improved player? Mm, this is kind of interesting uh i think immediate candidates tyrese maxi should be like the top dude obviously but after that jalen johnson deserves a couple nods because of the just dramatic leap that no one saw upcoming but tyrese maxi this this award is has him written all over it yeah this is another one the media everyone decided this month one he hasn't given us any reason to change it. He's made a legit star leap that has honestly saved the team. You know, we all thought the 76ers were going to slip a little bit after losing James Harden. Didn't happen because Tyrese Maxey filled those shoes wonderfully. Easily his award, I think. Good job, Tyrese. We're, we're proud of you. If nobody tells you, the deep three is proud of you, Tyrese. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. You agree, Donovan? Yeah. Yeah. I that's, agree. That's yeah. my pick. Yeah. Clean we got one more traditional award before we get to our couple of different ones. Who's coach of the year? This one's interesting. I don't know if you all want to spend a ton of time talking about coaches, but there's a handful of legit candidates this year. Definitely. Yeah, I would I would say for me, Chris Finch is my coach is my coach of the year. I think a lot of times with coach of the year, you it comes with 
who do you think is going to be trash in the offseason and then is actually good? Um, and I think Chris Finch fits that mold perfectly. Like, there's other guys in terms of, like, in-season uh, turnarounds. Like, Tyron Lue, honestly, should be in, in top Definitely. three. Because because of the turnaround that, that they've had, right? Jamal Mosley, p- depending on what you thought of the of the Magic uh, preseason, but Chris Finch and the hand that the that the Timberwolves were dealt, and a a lineup that we all thought was legitimately flawed, and that they could not be a top six team, let alone fight for the best defense in the league and the number one seed in, in the Western Conference. They have stepped up you know, passed and surpassed all expectations. I think he's been fantastic this year. He would be my my pick. Yeah, personally, I think I want to lean towards Chris Finch. But at the same time, I cannot ignore what Mark Dagnall has been doing for OKC this year, transforming their defense and their offense. No one, none of the three of us at least, thought that OKC would be a top two team and <laughs> Nikhil, Nikhil putting his hand up. Okay, Nikhil, we see you. <laughs> no one thought that they would be this elite so early into their quote-unquote rebuild, if we still want to call it that. Um, the way, with how creative he's been offensively and how he's been utilizing Chris or Chet Holmgren and Chase doing Shea things, but also like having Isaiah Joe do the important things that he's been doing. Like This team is working beautifully, and he's one of the more creative coaches in the entire nba shout out to you will hardy too i put him up there but i think he did i think will not my bad i think mark dagnall deserves like a heavy nod for sure he's not my winner but yeah he i'm going mark da- i'm going mark dagnall i understand chris finch in terms of we, we i think we were just wrong about timberwolves i think we we're just wrong about their players honestly i think rudy gobert wasn't quite healthy last year now he is we're getting the full rudy gobert effect and that's the biggest difference and it's just they got better because of time, getting better with each other and everything. I don't think that he's not a bad job by any means. He's been a good coach. If he finishes top two, I'm cool with that. But I think, you know, there's a reason we talk about their offense being so worrisome a lot. Yeah. I don't think he's done a particularly creative job making it work offensively. You know, they're, they're like 21st in offense for most of the year. Doesn't really move me. Defensively, I think a lot of that is Rudy Gobert rather than coaching. Then you look at Mark Dagnall and... I think it's just as impressive to be this good with this young of a roster, especially when your second best player is a literal rookie and your third best player is a second year player. That's just as impressive as making it work with the lineup that we thought was really flawed. And to be elite offensively and defensively, be incredibly creative with all the stuff he does. He's one of the pioneers of guard on guard, pick and rolls, guard setting uh, screens for bigs. They just have an incredibly creative offense that I think is more attributable to coaching. I think he puts his players in positions to succeed extremely well. And I don't really know if Chris Finch, he's not bad at that, but you know, he's not doing like an above and beyond version of that, getting the most out well, of Jalen Williams, yeah. using him in really smart lineups, getting the most out of Lou Dort's been great, Isaiah Joe's been great. He's using Chet Holmgren in really smart ways with the ball in his hands. I just think it's a little bit more impressive than what Chris Finch is doing. Well, yeah, I mean, I can agree to that, but at the same time, uh, Rigo Bear wasn't healthy. I agree, but also I think something else to point out is like Cat wasn't there for majority of season two. And True. seeing with the way how he's been using those two, where we're, we're seeing Carl Anthony Towns and Rigo Bear pick and rolls, that is insane. Seeing how he's been putting Carl Anthony Towns in positions to make decisions is insane to me. And that's something that I did not see. And it's a, it's one of the most important parts of the Timberwolves. And it's why they haven't been like the worst offense in the NBA. Cause if Cat wasn't doing <laughs> the type of things that were put in that like 
role man position to go ahead and make all these decisions and hit certain passes that I knew I thought he had I thought he had the potential to do, but seeing him do on a consistent basis is just insane to me. Um, but I personally want to lean Chris Chris Finch because of the history of it. We haven't seen we haven't seen the Timberwolves be this good since fucking two thousand four. Isaac, they haven't been this good since you were like four or five years old, dude. The last time we seen Timberwolves this good, the iPhone wasn't even out. There was so much in society <laughs> that hasn't been developed. Search, so search, I'm for like, a drop, search for a pull. Yeah. Oh, yeah, bro. Like, there's so uh, much that's going on, and I'm like, regardless of the fact. was out. I don't know. They just, Usher, Usher made his song, yeah, during that year, bro. Exactly. He said 50 Cent. Usher ain't make that song. It's all yeah. coming back to you now. Uh, like Toy Soldiers came out that year. Uh. <laughs> but yeah, I agree. Again, he's top two. I'm not mad at the pick, but you said this stuff. The reason the cat stuff is working is why they're not up worst offense in the league great the 21st i don't think that's a huge <laughs> elevation and i'm like impressed by that i think it's been good enough but not overtly impressive sure. and also timberwolves fans don't even like feel like he's doing a good job like they're actually all the time like i wish he would do more creative stuff on offense they're, they have a lot of issues with him that i think thunders fans biggest gripes is josh giddy's playing too much and that they haven't traded for a big man so like i i, I think yeah the, but, the thunder are one of the rare fan bases that like their coaches almost nobody does yeah, that's true. But at the same time, the teals are kind of fucked in terms of like assets and more moves being potentially made. So I can't fully shame Chris Finch because I just think he's gotten the most out oh, of him. I don't shame him at all. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's second in coach of the year to me. So neck it's and the neck. same thing we Those always two. do. We're debating incredibly close subjective things. I'll go to war for Chris Finch. Try me. <laughs> go ahead. I'm not, I'm not going to war for either of these motherfuckers. You can have it. <laughs> all right. That's the end of the regular awards. We yeah. have two more awards we're going to add on to here. You guys want to start with negativity or positivity? Negativity. That's not even an answer or a question. All right, let's, let's <laughs> Donovan's getting a little sleepy. Donovan's getting You've been too quiet for, what, been quiet for 10 minutes, Donovan. Let's, no, get, you, let's I, get your listen, hatred thriving. Listen, I'm, a, I'm, honestly, I'm honestly good. I just think like the, the coach of the year stuff is just interesting because I like Nikhil has the odds pulled up right now. And like, honestly, like Nick Nurse is too far down the list for me. Like Nick Nurse would be oh, a top true. five candidate for me, right? Tyron Lue would be a top five candidate for me and they're all that's the true. way down at like seven or eight and stuff like Look that. Look at Jamal Mosley number four. I'm telling you, that first month clout, bro. I know. Listen, Missoula, Joe Mazzula being above Tyron Lue, Will Hardy, Nick Nurse, all three, all three of those guys, that's actually ridiculous. But like, that, yeah, the, the coach of the year stuff is really, really preseason expectations who's able to to outpace yeah. those a little bit more and i'm just mad at the thunder because i genuinely thought that they were going to be really really good but whenever we had our predictions i just wasn't willing to stand on it and say that like i actually thought that this team would take the leap and now we're here and i was like dang i could have been could have been ahead of the curve so I didn't yeah, think Chet Holmgren was to come in and completely transform their defense. So I was not expecting this whatsoever. I, I wasn't yeah. even like I told you. I, I, I told you in, in our centers rating, I had Chet and Victor Wembanyama immediately as better than <laughs> half the centers in the league. Like I, I had You're full on the confidence money. in them. I had full confidence in them, but I, I didn't. I didn't stand on it when it came time to it. <laughs> there you go, man. I respect it. Okay, next award. Who is the most disappointing player in the NBA this year? Who wins the Scammer of the Year award for ruining what we thought would be coming for their career? Scammer Listen. of the Year. I'm from Atlanta, so I think I deserve to get my first candidates. All right, so we have a okay. few. Jordan Poole. Good God, you've blessed us good, with some of the pick. greatest 
lowlights of all time. And he, I had faith in you. Isaac had faith in you. I had you as my MIP of the year. That did not come into fruition at all. You are one of the worst players in the NBA. You have, you are in terms of plus minus, you're ranked 575th in the entire NBA. That is ridiculous, bro. That is disgusting. How many players are in the NBA? (laughs) So many players have been in and out. So that's kind of skewed a little bit, Uh, but I don't care. It doesn't matter. It goes goes with my narrative. Just straight up shameful. (laughs) Number two game. You got Jordan Poole. Wait, let's go one by one. Go one by one. Donovan, who's your next one? Listen, I. Also live in a, in a, I also live in a city where scammers are very prevalent. So <laughs> there's one, there's one who is the scammer of them all. That's Jalen Green. Jalen Green's out here Ooh. stealing money from the Houston Rockets right now. He has been, he has been off. Do you know how bad it is for a number two overall pick, right? Number two. Yeah. For a number two overall pick to low key be on the trade block within your first contract, the whole team is young. Right, they finally got adults. In, they finally got adults in the building this year, and you are trying to build with a young core. And they're like, "Nah, the dude who can jump higher than everybody has all the flashes in the world. Was scoring thirty, doing all this. They gave him the offense for two years, and now they're like, eh, I don't, I don't think you're going to be part of our future. Right now, you're stealing money, right, and you're stealing time from <laughs> other people on the on the you bench. Know funny, you're scammer of the year. You know, it's funny. I, you said that. I also my video I dropped. I also said Jalen Green is one of the players that most approved because he's been so ass. He has 31 points tonight against the Pelicans. Okay. This yes, is you're not a heater as of late. No, 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 no. Hold on, hold on. Well, this, 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 this is how he scams. This is how he scams. He does this two days every ago, year. Two days ago, he had 34 against the Lakers. Two days before that, 36 against the Hornets. And two days before that, 29 against the Trailblazers. All those teams can't defend for shit. He is running it up on these terrible defenses. I hope for his sake he continues it. Don't buy into the hype yet. He does this every year. There's a two to three week stretch every single season where Jalen Green puts everything together. Everything starts falling and he starts averaging like 24 to 27, somewhere in that range. He starts going crazy. The highlight dunks are flying and you're like, oh my gosh, Jalen Green, he's here. Like he's, he's a building block. And then we repeat the cycle all again. He's a perpetual scammer. This is, it's, mm-hmm. this, it's cyclical. So no, nah, I've, I've seen your game, Jalen. I know what you're about. <laughs> I, I really want him to be good. So I'm hoping it's real I do too. he's figuring stuff out. But yeah, I know him. I don't know. Isaac, who's next I, on I, your scammer list? Yeah. I've seen I don't know how you guys didn't pick this player, honestly, relative to expectations. This is the fucking Zion Williamson Award. Mm. Oh, no. I, I kind of knew that. I, 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 this yeah. is the Zion Williamson Award, man. Last year, he was legitimately one of the 10 best players in the league when healthy. 15 at worst, whatever you want to rank him. Looking like an MVP candidate. Told you about this that. This year, man. he came in. It just has not worked schematically with the team. Too many cooks in the kitchen. Whatever you want to say, whatever the reason is, he hasn't been nearly as effective. He hasn't been nearly as locked in effort-wise, especially on defense. He had the fitness issues to start the year. He was out of shape. Now he's played himself into shape, and he has some really strong games where you see glimpses of that, but it's nowhere near as consistent. He's not empowered on the team. He hasn't taken the reins to do that. Clearly, he's not buying into that like leadership role you need if you want to be the type of player. Again, the question is, does he want it bad enough? And that's fucking mind-boggling to come from somebody who we all think has a talent to be one of the best players in the league. Listen, what is he going to try on defense? He's, he's never. He's never going to. He's never going to try on defense. <sighs> Something I, I think Zion's name deserves to be brought up, but I wouldn't give him all of the blame because the Pelicans are, fig- are still in that process of figuring themselves out, and Willie Green has just 
not done the best job, in my opinion, of putting these guys together, even though they're like, I don't know, the sixth, seventh seed as in the making of this podcast. But he has been empowered. They're certainly playing a style of basketball that doesn't favor or empower him. Uh, earlier this season, he was out here saying, I'm just trying my hardest to buy in when the New Orleans Pelicans were down in the dumps and had a sub 500 record. And so, a lot, but with that being said, a lot of the things that you said are still very valid coming into the season, just looking like that and not having that same burst and having the same old story, making all your naysayers just seem right after you just give us the most casual 26 and seven season, 27 and seven season a couple of years ago with ease is just like, we yeah. feel robbed as fans. He hasn't been terrible at all. He, he hasn't been Jordan Poole. He hasn't been Jalen green, but it's just relative to expectations. We thought he'd come into this year and be dominant and make this team a contender. If he's healthy has not been the case. Yeah. I think that's, that's, that's okay to say. I wouldn't put, I don't think this award belongs to him because there's other candidates that I have. That's this is more than one person, the entire front office, every single person in there. Isaac, you said earlier that there was some some type of quote that came out the other day from leadership that said that they weren't interested in really blowing everything up and they wanted to stay packed with their core. Scamming every single fan in the entire NBA <laughs> because we're over here fucking wasting our time talking about Zach Levine trades, Alex Caruso trades, you know, and you're just going over here and sit on your hands and ruin the potential rebuild the rebuild that you should be headed towards you're scamming everyone you're wasting your times you people we've been we've been putting hours in the paint on fanspo espn trade machine when it comes (laughs) to figuring out who alex caruso is gonna who's who's what team is gonna pick up alex caruso it just it it sucks it sucks he's a he deserves it they deserve this is this is a different level of scamming though this is like the Masai Ujiri Scammer of the Year Award, right? Like, there's a there's front offices Charged. that scam. Yeah, yeah my bad. Uh, there's, <laughs> there's, there's front offices that scam, and then there's players that scam. And another player that is Scammer of the Year. Listen, Grant Williams, you, <laughs> sir, are a scammer. You came out, you got the bag, you played well for 15 games, and you have not done anything since. Scammer <laughs> of the Year candidate. Right, that's that I is agree. a high. He name might be the real list. one. He really, he really <laughs> might. <laughs> yeah, man. A lot, a lot of good candidates here. I think Jordan Poole is a great pick. <laughs> but I might, just yeah. a scammer title. I like Grant Williams. Yeah, I think Grant Williams. He legitimately just like took money and just ran off and was like, "All right, I'm out of here. I'll see y'all later." <laughs> he might be the <laughs> one. Facts. All right, man. That's enough negativity. One more award before we get to TikTok time. Who is your offensive player of the year? A little bit different than MVP. Strictly offensive player of the year. Doesn't necessarily got to be aligned with team success. You know, it's just like DPOY. Who is the best offensive player to you right now? I think this is a pretty easy answer. And this award has Luka Doncic written all over it. 35, basically nine rebounds and damn near 10 assists per game. His numbers are ridiculous. And not not enough people are talking about it right now. For obvious reasons, of course. But damn. Uh, is there obvious reasons? I think he's insane. And like I said this, I, I, I soft launched this take a month ago that I'm like, we had one question for every team episode. And I was like, my question is how long until he's the best player in the league? He needs to be in these conversations with the top three big men. Like he's absolutely insane. One of the most all around gifted offensive players we've seen in, I don't know how long, I don't want to say all time and throw myself into a loop and I'm in the corner. I don't know. 
very rare gift of volume scoring and passing. Obviously, the 73-point game was a cherry on top. He's easily the best guard in the league right now. Yeah, he, he has that title. He he would be my pick as well. I think for somebody for somebody to score 70 points and then Luca to come back and be like, wait, not only can I score more points than you, <laughs> but I can also nearly have a double-double and, and almost have 10 assists to go along with it. That's crazy, right? That's, that's actually wild. And I held off when we did our player rankings. I held off and I still had Steph Curry above Luka Doncic. Man, Luca has he's passed him. We fucked up. We fucked up. I he's, did the same thing and immediately regretted it. You low-key convinced me not to when we talked about it. We were at Guitar Center beforehand, and I told you, and you were like, nah, man, go Steph. And I was like, you asked me why, and I told you vibes. Like that's yeah, oh that's, li- that's literally the only reason why. Because there's sometimes, and it, I haven't necessarily seen it as much this year. The the ref complaining is still there, but there were times last year where Luca's body language was so, so bad. And obviously, they're winning a lot more this year, right? The situation's different. And so you're not seeing that as much. But what he's able to do on a night-to-night basis with a team that for years, right, even after they, they got Kyrie, we've said they don't have a lot of help around him. And he has been able to elevate them to a point where they are competitive. And if they go into any playoff series, you feel like they have a chance because for four, five, seven games, Luca can black out and average 45 in a series. And it's, guys, it's incredible. Guys, for the last four years, since Luca Doncic was 20 years old and he came into year two averaging 28.8 points per game and 8.8 assists, the prevailing talking point was as soon as this guy's three-point shot starts to fall, if you think it can, He's going to be unfuckwithable. This year, he is shooting 10.3 three-point attempts a game on the hardest shot diet you could possibly imagine. They're almost all, a massive majority of them are off the dribble. 37.5%. I don't know if people realize, this is one of the most impressive three-point shooting seasons we've ever seen when you think about volume and shot difficulty. He's having one of the best three-point shooting years like ever, which is like pretty much every best three-point shooting year ever is in the modern NBA. So like we're constantly seeing that. But he's up there. Like we talk about James Harden as low-key being one of the best shooters ever because all his step backs and how difficult his shots are. Luca's doing the same thing Prime Harden did. Like, this is an insane season. Ten attempts a game? That's nuts. Yeah, no, Luca's just simply different. If he's not your offensive player of the year, I guess you can have someone like Jokic or whatever, which is completely fair. But yeah. the type of season that Luca's having, he genuinely deserves this award. Um, he's, I think the second that he has a respectable defense around him and he's just not getting like ran down every single night and people aren't treating him also like as a doormat, everybody just stepping on him on the defensive end. I think that's when everybody realized like, okay, he's been fine defensively. He's been a doormat. Um, no, he has not. He's been, he's had a good defensive (laughs) doormat. He's been fine. No, no, I I, I just think that's simply false. But I think the second that everyone else (laughs) helps him out on that end and the, Dallas Mavericks have that identity or closer to it being just like mid, then I think that's when we'll have conversations about like, okay, he needs, he deserves this time period, this season to be the best player of the year. Best, play, best player of the world. I'm shooting 75% Luka. at the rim. 75% at the crazy. rim. That's, that's the crazy. best for any point guard in the league. Yeah, I agree. When was this? Uh, that, that was that was the other day. Yeah, nice. okay, that, that block's block. nice. That block's nice. <laughs> no, <laughs> he's having a decent. You know, you need a, he's having a solid defense season. He's much improved on that end. 
No, he's not. I'm not saying. I he's think like okay. The a lockdown relax. defender. Yeah. He he. You're, you're, no, he just is. You're wrong. He's very much improved. Like he's not like Shea, where I'm like he's a legitimately really strong defender. That's like a part of the reason. Okay, his defense is great. He's not a doormat anymore. I think this is just an objective thing. I don't think I'm wrong, bro. <laughs> it's an objective no, thing. <laughs> this is just an eye test versus eye test. <laughs> How many Luka minutes have you watched compared to me? The world will never know. <laughs> <laughs> if only. Uh, I wish League Pass had like a Spotify rap thing so we can lock how much people saw that. That would kill. They actually, League Pass, NBA that League Pass, please come out with that yeah. shit. That would be so hard. I and you're going to see him a sicko for watching 22 yeah, Mavs no. games this year? Yeah. <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a sicko for other things, bro. I, they'd see how much I'd be watching teams like the Atlanta Hawks. God damn it, still, even though they're in the trenches. <laughs> Your favorite right now. team? Oh, no. <laughs> sicko. Yeah, oh, you what a sicko. It's down bad. <laughs> it's down bad. It's down bad. <laughs> I shouldn't be watching right now. Like, damn, you watched half a game of the Pistons this year? Okay, <laughs> yeah. That's what I'm talking <laughs> 24 That's minutes? Gross, <laughs> That's gross, bro. Yeah, man. Sounds like a clean sweep for Luka Doncic. And that's the end of our midseason award show. Crown Eaters, it's time to rejoice. It is TikTok time. What is this slow clap? That sounds we are crazy. Here. We are it's here. A golf clap? What we are it? here. This is what some of them been waiting for. We need it. Let's put on this generational performance, fellas. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to TikTok time. As always, we're going to begin with the draft. This time, we're going to get back to doing a player draft where we build the best player possible, but with a little bit of a twist. We're going to build the most fun player to watch possible. Not the most skilled with any type of qualification, just strictly the most fun to watch. Building demigods. Okay, let's do it. I'm Real simple. League, Mo league first pass, pick, Donovan league, second pick, me third pick. League pass warriors. Here we go. There we go. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> so, so you know how it goes, y'all. Y'all know by now. You don't need any more explanation. Let's build the most fun NBA players to watch possible. Mo, where are we going with the first pick? Bro, I am spoiled with the first pick. I got body, shooting, handles, passing, finishing. I can go literally anywhere with it. But fuck all that shit. Give me the 7-4 demigod Wemby body. I can do Naturally anything in the world. So, that's a great starting point for any player. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I see where you're going. But I'm actually going to get, listen, give me the greatest under the rim finisher that we've ever seen. Give me the best layup package of all time. Kyrie Irving for finishing. Another cheat code pick. You can't go wrong there. Yeah. You, okay. I see you. That's hard. I, I'm not, I can't hit on it. I can't hit on it. You can't. You I'm going to go. I'm going to give recognition to somebody who's on one that uh, can't talk. I'm going to give recognition to somebody on the best team in the league. Give me Jalen Brown's handles. Nice. Strong left. Okay. Elite two-way wing. <laughs> I okay. fuck with it. Okay. Smooth. I, I fuck with it. That's a WP. Now, listen. This person has underrated handles for a long time, but give me Steph Curry's handles. Ooh. Interesting to not pick your shooting. Hmm. Interesting. It's okay. It's okay. okay. Wait, well, I see, Curry supposed handles, to double pick? Uh, Are we doing Snake? Yeah, yeah, I was. You, you fucking skipped me. Yeah, yeah. Oh wow. <laughs> so you just want to run <laughs> run your shit back, Isaac? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna follow it up. I need some size on me. Give me Grant Williams' body. Mm. Listen, stocky. That's strong. That's strong, right? Yeah. There. Listen. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm going strength. Okay. Okay. He has a lot of cushion on his body. Protect yourself from a lot of falls. I see the vision. I see that <laughs> cushion. Got tush. <laughs> all right, so I have the greatest layup package of all time. Give me 
the best shooting package of all time. Give me Steph Curry shooting. Ooh, mm. gotcha. I like that. Okay. The best finishing with the best shooting possible. Like, that's such a crazy start for a guard. I'm already here. Yeah. This is an and one mixtape waiting to happen. In fact, this is, this is Twitter's favorite. Your TikTok views are through the roof. Yeah, no, that's sick as hell. <laughs> that is insanely sick. <laughs> so, I guess some of the, one of the better things that I could do in this case is shooting. Go ahead and give me, give me Devin Booker. Very underrated. Okay. Nice three level shooter. I see. Okay, it's not bad. It's not bad. I need some elevation a little, a little on my Kobe day. cosplay. <laughs> <laughs> Something about that sounds sus. Yeah, it's not, but it's adjacent. It's your mind. <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I'm broken. It's just you, man. I'm broken. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, is it me again too? Fuck, I forgot. Yeah. Let's run. All right. So I got handles, passing, and finishing left. Damn, I have a lot of good options. Choose but wisely. Really, I think I'm going to go ahead and roll with Nikola Jokic passing. I'm unguardable. Mm. And the passes that I'll be whipping and throwing behind you my sold. big, behind my head, behind my back. But is he the most fun passer? Exactly. I'm letting you know this He's the right passer. now. You kind of sold. Because one, give me, give me Giannis's body. Okay. Ooh, okay. Fair. Now you're That's a cheat code. Now you make steal no sense. <laughs> Come on, guys. Steal the draft. But you got to steal the draft. I got the next one. Give me Michael Porter Jr. passing. Michael Porter Jr. passing. Okay. He'll be swinging that rock. He swings that rock. Minute for minute, when he pulls it out, elite. Oh, nice. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Okay. That's kind of crazy. That's kind of crazy. All right. Whoa there, buddy. (laughs) Exactly. Listen, Mo, you have Jokic passing. Give me. I have back to back picks. You oh, to skip no. Me. Settle down. <laughs> my bad, my bad, my bad, my bad. <laughs> and I'm going to follow it up. Jeremy Sohan shooting. Mm. This guy's taking hey, my picks, man. There's not a lot of players who can shoot that bitch one, with one hand, and he's one of the few. I respect exactly. it. Exactly. No one's wearing you. Nothing's that more is fun to watch than uniqueness. Exactly. exactly. It's kind of fun. Nobody does it like him. I see. I appreciate individuality. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Okay, so for my passing though, you have Jokic Mo. Give me Luka Doncic passing. Ooh. All right, we're cooked. <laughs> All right. Yeah. All right. There's no. There's no fucking with that. God damn it. All right. It's cool though. So I think the only thing that makes sense for finishing, go ahead and give me. Actually, screw that. For I want handles first. Who has some of the most fun handles in the entire NBA? I don't think you can go wrong. Yeah, I don't think you go wrong. Go ahead and give me. Oh, shit. Damn, there's so many good players right now that I can pick up about. Off the top of my pick head. one. <laughs> give me LaMelo Ball for handles. I need to be on House of Ooh. Highlights all over the place. Give me LaMelo Ball handles. Listen, sprinkling LaMelo into your player in some way is an easy way to win a most fun cheat code. I mean, is an easy way to win a... Damn. <laughs> an easy Nobody way to win the most fun draft. Listen, you have one pick where you can go to the moon right now. Do not Donovan, sell. stop trying to skip everybody. No, I'm telling you. <laughs> oh, my bad. My bad. That's going to kill motion. He was on edge. PTSD. That's hilarious. He <laughs> yelled out for no reason. All right. Cool. So, for finishing... Even though I'm 7'4", I want to jump out the gym and I want to just go ahead and slam everything possible. Give me John Morant finishing. This is so... Doesn't make okay. sense. 
but it makes sense. Okay. That's the steal of the draft. I was say that. How did I not get picked yet? There we go. Listen, I'm already in this demigod body. I can shoot from 40 feet. I have the jelly package. I don't even need crazy handles. All I need is a simple crossover. Give me Kevin Durant's handles. Ah. Interesting. Damn. Okay. I like that. Oh, my God. And y'all yeah, see his body? This- pop, pop. What? Oh. Come on now. You give no bag man a bag? Ooh. Exactly. <laughs> now, now we're talking. Now we're talking. I don't know how you let this fall to me. I want this shit. Give me Kyle Lowry's finishing at the rim. Mm, this is strong. This is strong. You're, you're cooked. Kyle Lowry, one of the most unstoppable finishers, finishers in the NBA. I don't know what we're doing right now. It's <laughs> <laughs> so my player. I got Grant Williams' body, Jeremy Sohan shooting, Jalen Brown handles, Michael Porter Jr. passing, and Kyle Lowry finishing. Listen, I'd, I'd love to see what this player looks like. I think I think you accomplished the mission because I need to see this player play on a nightly basis. <laughs> I have this looks like this looks like most player in 2K. Facts. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, okay, so for my player, I have Giannis body, Steph Curry shooting, Kevin Durant handles, Luka Doncic passing, Kyrie Irving finishing. Guys, I think I've won back to back drafts. I think I got it. <laughs> yeah, slow down there, buddy. I got You're taking that body. YouTube chat pull to heart. <laughs> I got they, told, they told me I won. I won. Devin I will say Booker they told shooting. me I won the stream before that, and all the comments on Twitter and TikTok said Mo won actually. So they got split brain, man. There's we have a bunch of crayon users watching it. Listen, I'm susceptible. Last last time I saw Donovan's last time last time I saw Donovan's draft, I was like, damn, he won that shit. When deep down, I feel like I would have won. So I'm all over the place too. But body, Wemby, shooting, D book, handles, Lamelo. Passing Jokic and finishing jaw. I like it. All right. There we go, y'all. We accomplished a mission. Three incredibly fun players to watch. Let's do Next it. Next video we're going to do. <laughs> let's jump straight into the tier list. Let's jump straight to the tier list, bro. Let's go. Okay. Today, we are going to put NBA buzzer beaters into a tier list. Okay. Which this 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 is kind of interesting because all of them, you win the game. Like this is. It seems exactly. Kind of, yeah. So you would think that all be like inherently S. What we're going to do is. We're going to put them in the tier list based on how impressive they were. So not all game-winning shots are made equal in terms of difficulty, flashiness, whatever. That is true. Aura is carrying heavy in this for me, bro. Let's do it. What was your your celebration looking like afterwards? What was that post-game interview looking like afterwards? Did your teammates celebrate with you? We will see. (laughs) Good point. Okay, so there we go. Let's put these NBA buzzer beaters into a tier list. First off, 2016... Steph Curry versus OKC. Listen, oh my this, God. this is S tier. This is the first ever Mike Breen double bang that we've ever heard on <laughs> air. This, this is history. iconic. This, this is legendary. It's S tier. It's honestly one of the greatest of all time, I think. He gave 100%. so many OKC fans that night a heart attack. He gave me, as a 15-year-old boy in high school, trauma. Deep trauma. I hated <laughs> this man after he did that. God damn it. Winning everything. Fuck. But this is He got PTSD via Steph Curry three-point shot. That's crazy. Yeah, Listen, man. this saved the 73-9 and nine season. Facts. I hate it. I hate this it. Is this is for sure. Right. <laughs> Next up, LeBron in 2018 versus the Timberwolves. When he caught the ball in the post entry pass and hit the and hit the fadeaway shot, uh, this was cool. This was Butler. It was it was good. I think the game was better than the shot, right? Because yeah. because the game was like overtime. It's a, it's a nice shot, difficult shot. Good job, LeBron. But 
if the this Steph Curry one is S tier, this is about a B. Yeah, a yeah, good B. In terms of difficulty, like, I mean, it was a hard shot in general for sure, but it wasn't that hype afterwards. I think he kind of hit it off the bank too. It wasn't a clear switch that I remember. So it's like, eh, didn't really move. And he did not call bank. <laughs> <laughs> Next up, Damian Lillard versus the OKC Thunder in the playoffs. Right over Paul George. Oh my goodness. Also S tier Mo. This is a clear S S tier. Him barking back and forth with Russell Westbrook and having PG 13 say yep. that was a bad shot out there after the game. That was sick. That was cold. Never seen before. S tier. The wave off. Iconic Damian Lillard moment. I said the Curry wins one of the greatest of all time. This is right up there with it. To win a playoff series? To take a step back from 37 feet? To wave off? To have the meme afterwards? Listen, this checks every... Dame time, it checks every single box. This is S tier. Damian Lillard was Teflon for the rest of his career after this. This is a career-defining moment. Nothing else matters after this, bro. (laughs) (laughs) You're you're set in stone (laughs) in NBA history. Yep. Uh, Next up, Jason Tatum versus the Nets in the playoffs. Oh, hell nah. I want to put this as a C. (laughs) 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 That spinning layup. He was spinning around like Pascal Siakam. He went Beyblade mode. (laughs) Yeah, it's just a weak layup. It's just bad defense. Like, how how do we just get a wide open layup? This is terrible. Layup game winners are some of the worst game winners in NBA, bro. They're they're fake game. Not fake game winners, but they just don't hit the same, bro. It wasn't. It was hard, but it's like, come on, man. Like, there's no aura to this whatsoever. There's no no hezzy. There's no none. The further your shot is in the rim, the more aura it has. I- I'm fine with C. Yeah, C for sure. Good job. Next up, Paul Pierce saying, I called game. Go to this hell. is hard. This is, F. This is hard. No, it's not. <laughs> F? How am I move. hating? You know why I'm hating. Is- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Because he did this against the Atlanta Hawks. Put this in A. Put this in A. <laughs> this, is, this is old Paul Pierce. Past the Brooklyn Nets. He was running on one leg. Came back and hit a game winner and gave an iconic quote. This is A. Yes, yeah. just off of like, this is an A strictly because you don't expect this era Paul Pierce to be doing this type of shit. Pure surprise. He was not expecting to take that last shot and he nailed that shit. Gotta be A. On a team with Bradley Beal and John Wall, Paul Pierce had to save the day. Come on, guys. And they kind of quote to go along with it. A2. Facts. He traveled. Didn't count. Hawks sucking. Shut up. (laughs) (laughs) They suck in every era. Lame. Next up, Kawhi Leonard's four bounce shot versus the 76ers. Oh, man. He sent Embiid home crying, quite literally, bro. This is an S tier because he single handedly ruined Embiid's playoff reputation. If this shot didn't go in, Embiid would be going to the conference finals and would not be dealing with half the slack he deals with now. (laughs) And I think that's hilarious. That That is true. That is true. Off of straight luck, off of straight four bounces, that is the luckiest and also most accurate game-winning shot of all time. Yeah, I'll, I'll and led to that. a chip too. The implications are crazy. In a game yeah. seven, yeah, yeah, yeah. Stakes That's couldn't tough. be higher. Yeah, for the series, this has to be an S tier. Love it. Next up, <laughs> Wendell Carter's tip-in shot. When did this he the do first this? F. <laughs> he, did he, last year. he had a game winner off of a tip in where Mel- Markel Fultz also jumped for it and Wendell Carter stole the game winning tip in from him 
Boo! Boo! This is weak. <laughs> now, Mark, now, Wendell, we're not giving you an F because you are Wendell. You're still a great player, but in terms of aura, it doesn't move us, bro. Tipping, tipping game winners. No aura. <laughs> <laughs> All right, what about Luka Doncic's step-back three against the Clippers in the bubble? If I remember properly, this is also S-tier because I think Mike Breen also gave this a double bang. Listen, there's only been like three or four in NBA history. (laughs) There's only a certain amount of time that Mike Breen pulls out the double bang. This is one of them. And it's also over Paul George. Step-back three over Paul George to win a game? S-tier. I mean, listen, that kind of makes it less impressive because Paul George... Everybody hits a game winner over Paul. It's not like it's just bad not luck. like it's rare. Yeah, he established himself as the Clippers owner. He is Mr. Clipper. He is the best Clipper to ever exist because of that. <laughs> he shot, lost bro. the series. <laughs> he is he lost the series, but it don't matter, bro. <laughs> I'll go A tier. The slander on Twitter that night was peak. I remember that too. S tier for me. But A tier. Also on the on the Black Lives Matter logo. <laughs> crazy disrespectful allegations <laughs> crazy disrespectful <laughs> last one Anthony Davis winning the all-star game with free throws this is move Wendell Carter up to a D this is F this is F <laughs> I've never seen a, a more anticlimactic moment than this if there was ever an argument for the NBA to go away from what they do in the all-star game this is it. It can't end like this. It can't happen. <laughs> hey, technically it's a buzzer beater. No, there's no counts. buzzer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, nah. This is terrible. This is a genuine F. No excitement. <laughs> Ruined the All-Star game. <laughs> oh, shout out Wendell Carter for indirectly benefiting from the lameness of Anthony Davis's game-winning free throws. God damn. <laughs> That's crazy. Everybody, That's everybody the in the that. crowd is just like, Oh, I guess it's over now. Like, bro, it's just weird. On free throws? <laughs> Get out of here. Not fun. All right, next At thing all. we're going to do. Listen, a couple weeks ago, we did a blind ranking of NBA big men. And I bamboozled you, I guess, because Donovan got incredibly pissed off. He was like, I need to start hosting these. Blah, 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 blah. So oh, yeah, because Isaac B. Today, playing today he's going to host a blind ranking. And we're going to do blind ranking of guards. <laughs> Y'all ready? Don't see. I, 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 think, I, think that, I think that I have a pretty good list here. We'll see what, what's going down. All right, but okay. but now listen. Let's let's blind rank these NBA guards. Okay, Jamal Murray. Ooh, he might be this. He might be three or four. Isaac. I was gonna say two or three. So we'll split the difference Ooh. and go three. Okay, yeah, two's too high. I'm gonna go three. I agreed. Two's. He might fuck with us and only put one great player here and put a bunch of bums. So I was thinking maybe two, but I'm fine with three. If he does put a bunch of bums, Donovan, you're a terrible guy. Yeah, go to hell. We'll, we'll, we'll wait. <laughs> listen, we'll leave listen, those allegations until they come. We're, we're one name in, right? I don't like <laughs> I don't like this slander. Let's let's see the rest of the list. All right. Next, okay. if next I see name. Killian Hayes, I'm gonna freak out. Next name, De'Aaron Fox. Ooh, Ooh. he's better for sure. He's better. Putting for sure. one wouldn't be crazy because there's only like what five guards better than him. Two's perfect though. That's comfortable. Two safe though. Because sure this safe. is point guards and shooting guards, so I'm cool with two. Yeah, I agree. Two is two is safe for him. It's it's just point guards. Oh, okay. Yeah, but I'm cool with two just because like I, I feel a Steph Curry coming. Steph I feel Luka Doncic coming. Luka, Our radar's going. Maybe off. Tyrese Halliburton. We'll see what happens. Lamelo Ball. 
Ah, I should have put Jamal Murray at four. Nah, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Jamal Jamal's better right now, at least. I think four is solid. That's not bad. Yeah, actually, yeah. No, you're right. You're right. I mean, let me retract that. Yeah, like Jamal's Dude. fucking proven that like a motherfucker in the mellow balls over here, laughing his ass off while yeah. his team's getting his Question back is, blown out. So it's like, come on. Now. Do we think he put five good players? Do we got to put Lamelo at five, or do we go at four in case he put a bum? Nah, Lamelo got to be at four. Okay, Lamelo at four is fine. Yeah, Lamelo's bum insurance. <laughs> I think next. I think that we're pretty soon going to say Lamelo's better than Jamal, but Jamal has he's earned it the right to be better than Lamelo right now. Who's always hurt? <laughs> All I right. agree. Tyrese not put five All-Stars. I see it coming. Oh, shit. God damn it. I knew, put it. I knew he put five. five good players. God, I fucking hate you, Isaac. Oh, my God. I love you, but I hate okay. you. You fail me every time. Damn. What did I do? Oh, my God. <laughs> I suggested putting LaMelo at five. Don't blame this on me. You're the, <laughs> oh. one that, you're the one that loves his haircut too much to put him too low. Oh, my God. He doesn't even have the same haircut anymore. He cut his hair, actually. <laughs> Wrong. You, you, you wouldn't know. You love me fast. You keep it up in this fucking barber. You look at his barber on IG. Hey, man, I like to be updated league-wide. I bet that he put a bum at five for the last player. So I'm going to go Tyrese Maxey at one. I bet that he put someone like Killian Hayes at the end. Uh, if if you fail me, then I'm coming to your house tomorrow, bro, and I'm stealing Okay, Tyrese Maxey at one. All right. Who's the last player? The last player is Jalen Brunson. Oh. Okay. Either way, I don't want to put either of them at five. So yeah. Listen, this list is awful. This is the worst line ranking you've ever seen. There's no rhyme or reason for any of these placements. But here we are. Ah, this is ugly. How am I gonna explain this list? It's inexplainable. You can't do it. <laughs> this is a terrible list for a terrible game. I hate you. Oh my god, I'm stealing. I like being on this tomorrow. Time. I'm gonna have to start hosting, man. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, we should have put Tyrus Max at five. Yeah. Oh if my we would have did that and put Jalen at one, it wouldn't have been indefensible. Isaac, I'm coming to your house. But it is now. This water turned sucks. off. This is not fair. I am not having a good time right now. <laughs> ah, me neither. You said turn his <laughs> hot water off. That's, that's yeah. <laughs> no Wi Fi tomorrow for you. <laughs> All right, that's the end of the blind ranking. We did an absolutely atrocious job. Roast us as you will. <laughs> I'm just Next thing we're going to do, stomach. let's do a little bit of basketball talk. Okay. We're doing a lot of unserious stuff. Hoops talk? We're, yeah, we're going to talk about current NBA players and give them a comparison from past decades of players that remind us of them. You know, last okay. time we, gave, we picked old players and gave them their current day comparison, we're going to flip it on its head a little bit. Okay. Okay. It's gonna be interesting. Take my, okay, okay. Take my yeah, sip of water. So much. There's so there's so many NBA players right now who have similar comparisons to them. Some are perfect, some are not. But this is gonna be interesting regardless. Yeah. So real simple. I'm gonna name a current NBA player. You tell me who their past comparison is. First off, Giannis Antetokounmpo. Who? Ooh. Who? I. This is hard because we really have never seen anybody like him. But nope. Who was the run dunk man before? Yeah, 1993 O'Neal. That's what I was gonna say. I think early Shaq is probably the closest yeah. we can get to just run and dunk, and exactly. just physically overpower you. 100. percent Shaq grew up in an era that rewarded being down low and being big and slow and playing for under the rim. If he if he came up today with the space and mobility needed from someone like Giannis, he'd be playing the same way. 
Oh, man. Yeah, it's not a perfect comparison, though, because of the playmaking chops. And, I mean, Shaq wasn't like an absolute... He didn't have oven mitts for hands, but at the same time, I think we underrate that aspect. So I guess it's a perfect. It's it's Shaq's a it's solid an passer. Okay. Shaq wasn't a horrible passer. He he wasn't like a black hole. Yeah, but I I think that's fine. I think that's a fine comparison. Let's roll. That's, with it. Yeah, that's the best yeah. one we're gonna get. Yeah, exactly. Maybe David Robinson if you want to go another really athletic big that can move. Nah, but he had more bad. refined post game. Okay, young Shaq. What's next? I like it. Who's next? Jason Tatum. Uh, honestly listen paul pierce is kind of right there i was gonna say the same thing Paul pierce is right there right you yep. have the, you have this archetype somebody who gets they really like to play in the mid-range they like he's he's big he's rangy but he's not like crazy athletic he's not gonna blow by you every, every single time right i think i think that's kind of fair yeah and more yeah just a little bit okay. more athletic but not as athletic as like but not as athletic as Kobe or whatever. So I, yeah. I like that. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. That's an okay comparison. Yeah, just okay. Who else is a, who else is another option? Um, he's so unique. It's hard. It's hard. It's hard for not. Is unique. he that unique? My bad. He's not <laughs> unique. It's like he's such an oak. He's a, he's a great player, but he's not elite. And back in that time period, I guess. Do some people want to say like a mellow, but that's kind of yuck because he's not that cerebral. I'll say this. I'll say this. If if this old guy liked to step back three more, could you see this? Joe Johnson. Oh, it's like a supercharged. Yeah, if Joe Johnson was like 10% better at everything and became a superstar, I can see that. Like, like if Joe <laughs> Johnson came up today, would that be Jason Tatum? Yeah, Tatum's better, but in terms yeah. of style of play, I see it. Okay. Yeah, that's a good one. Yeah, he's supercharged Joe Johnson. Let's go with that. I don't hate it. I sold Joe. Celtics fans, you feel disrespected, but deal with it. Listen, <laughs> hey, Joe Johnson was a bucket. Still <laughs> yeah, a bucket. Exactly, bro. Yeah, if Joe Johnson loved defense, here we go. <laughs> exactly. Next up, Jalen Brunson. Mm. We just need... This This is this is 100% is just going to be an old guard who just... Got their Mike way into the paint just around. nonstop. Exactly. Yeah, he plays old still. He plays like a nineties point guard. Who's a who's an old guard who just loves to loves to post up? This is like There's I, not I a lot know, of them. I know, but this, this is too. this is like if Mark Jackson knew how to shoot. Right? Like <laughs> I like that. Right. If Mark if Mark Jackson could if he had a real jumper, he would be Jalen Brunson. Just backing people down, right? Playmaker, can can do some stuff off the dribble. That's kind of where I see it. That's kind I of. I feel like he's a point. short Penny Hardaway. Like if Penny Hardaway is five inches shorter, that's that's <laughs> that's actually crazy. <laughs> that, that that might be disrespectful <laughs> to Penny because Penny can jump out the gym. Jalen Brunson's not doing that. Yeah, true, true, true. <laughs> my, my <back> <laughs> that's hilarious. But like the movement style, I don't know. Like he's he's more athletic. Oh, never mind. Back comparison because he's not short and he doesn't shoot like that. So maybe not. Who's another one? Like I'm a, trying to think like, of like like a Tim Hardaway, somebody that's kind of like herky jerky a little bit. Can go. Does he got a little bit of Darren Williams in him? I kind mean, in terms of, of size and though. like how he can move, I think that's not a terrible comparison. Yeah, I feel like yeah. the the crossover and the dribble moves are very similar. With um, it's also very weird because left handed people just look different than the rest of the world. I just, <laughs> I, I can't explain it. They're they're odd people, so I it's hard to find a, 
Damn. It's hard to find a like accurate comparison for them. Yeah. It's also hard to think of like because he's not one of he's not an all-time great point guard, so it's hard to think of like <laughs> mid-level point guards from back in the day. So I'm trying to think of like the 10th best point guard from each decade. <laughs> I know. I know. That's hard. And then about his play style too, it's so versatile and just how he he has a ratchet. So with how he's pulling it too. It's hard. To, I think he's a combination of a lot of guards. Like, I'll throw in Fuck Mike Norm Conley Nixon. alongside <laughs> that. Yeah. This man's watching Winning Times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. All right, we'll bring, the next one. I can't bring Winning Time him. back. We need that. Facts. Save the show, please. Please. Devin Somebody. Booker. Kobe Bryant. I see Yeah, let's you. just say Kobe. <laughs> I think but, Young Ray Allen reminds me of Devin Booker. Really? I was going to say... Reggie Miller. Good. I think Devin Booker is a little more athletic. Maybe I'm not giving Reggie his credit, but I think Devin Booker has a little more straight line speed. What, okay. What what version of, of Ray Allen are you talking about? I, I just think it just because I think a big Jesus part of Reggie. A big part of, of Ray's game, I mean, a, a book's game, like, is underrated, is his off-ball movement. That's why I picked Reggie. Ray, Ray, yeah. I guess Ray did that too, though. So, yeah, I, I don't hate that. I just think Devin Booker has like underrated athleticism while also being a great shooter. But it's like it's like Ray Allen whenever he wasn't quite as dunking like he was, but he had still had a combination to get into the rim. Yeah. Mm. So yeah, like 07, 08. Okay, I can see that. Yeah, yeah. That's yeah, yeah like, that's fair. That's good. That's good. He's 32 year old Ray Allen. <laughs> Damn, that sucks. What are you trying to say about Devin Booker? <laughs> what do you mean that sucks? Ray Allen was still a 29 year old Ray Allen. Yeah. Damn. Who else? Is he, Devin Booker probably feels like a lot of players. A little bit of Chris Mullen in his game. Oh, Chris True. Mullen. I didn't even think about that one. That's a good comparison. Also, time out. Can we go back to Jalen Brunson? The name just popped in, into my head. Ben Gordon. Ben, ben Gordon? Okay. Listen, listen. You're ben gross. Gordon. Listen, <laughs> I'm, a, I'm a huge Ben Gordon fan. Ben, like I like a, it. Like, like a less athletic Ben Gordon, but... His his ability to be like a small guard, still be able to rise up above people, right? Take kind of hard shots, be a little bit herky jerky. I see that with with Jalen Brunson. Okay, okay, not a bad comparison. That's nice super deep interesting. Cut. Yes, deep as fuck. <laughs> Folks watching this, love like, it. Ben Gordon, who? <laughs> I, I know who Ben Gordon is, but I haven't thought about him in a decade. <laughs> yeah, bro. I, I love Ben Gordon. I watch Ben Gordon highlights kind of often. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. You're a sick No, that's I'm even like, worse than me watching I'm, Carlos Boone highlights, lie. bro. He was nice with the Bulls. That's wild. It's the same era. Those days. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next player. Let's move on past Devin Booker. Shea Gildas Alexander. Ooh. Ooh. This is, this is hard. comparison for him. Penny Pass Hardaway, but slow? <laughs> Listen. Say it. You guys are gonna hate me. Is this just less athletic, Michael Jordan? What the fuck did you just say? I'm saying just in play style. You're, you're talking. You're talking about somebody who operates from the mid range exclusively, right? No. Defensive, defensively plays very well, right? On the on the wing, steals, uh, gets into the passing lane, gets a lot of steals. Is is physical six four six five? Again, doesn't have doesn't have the athleticism <laughs> of MJ. But if we're just if we're just pulling up highlights, no. Hey, I got it. Sure, even this one. is less. Al- Go this ahead. This dude is the peak version 
of Sean Livingston. This is what Sean Livingston should have looked like before his cataclysmic injury. Is Sean Livingston worse than than less athletic MJ? Is that more? Sean Livingston was nice. No, Sean less, less athletic MJ was disrespectful to MJ. Sean Livingston is disrespectful to SGA. <laughs> no, what? Are you kidding me? No. His what he is is, I saw somebody call him the reverse flash as a nickname because he's just the opposite player of Dwayne Wade where they just both spam the rim, but Dwayne Wade does it with speed. Shea does it with like change of space and slowness. I think he's like slightly different Dwayne Wade. He's so unique, that. bro. <laughs> 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 he's, he's basketball archetype breaking right now. Yeah, slow MJ's. I mean, lower athleticism MJ is hilarious. Yeah. <laughs> That's wild. He's just the greatest player of all time. (laughs) (laughs) That's crazy. All right, who's next? Rudy Gobert. Man, that man is the Kimbe Matumbo. (laughs) (laughs) That that's what that is. DPO DPOY every year, right? Amazing defender in the paint. Can't score to save his life. Right, I can't. I doesn't have a post move committed to memory that he can perform <laughs> two times in a row. But that's Rudy Gobert. No, this is reincarnation in another country. This is the campaign Matumbo. Damn, this is him. <laughs> Some people a- are gonna say it's disrespectful because they hate Rudy Gobert. I don't care what you say; it's accurate. Nah, the campaign Matumbo was genuinely like that, man. Uh, the gameplay, the archetype is ridiculous. It's. You can't say anything about that. I think you guys are correct. Shot blocking is crazy. Thanks. What's next? Anthony Davis. I don't even know. I, I don't even know. Current day Anthony Davis is easier to compare. For sure. I think it's Kevin Garnett with worse passing. I was going to say it's probably the best comparison. In right terms now? Of mobility for that size, versatile defensively, whatever. The best version of AD, whatever. It doesn't matter. I, yeah. He doesn't have the passing, but, you know, the versatility defensively. He can guard guards better than most people his size. Can move way better than most people his size. I think that's the best we're going to do. All right. Yeah. You got it. <laughs> um, There's... Yeah. I, I, I have no idea You how don't to... see no dog, that's why? <laughs> that, that, yeah, <laughs> the cage is better, but it's the best comparison. Uh, okay. You got it. I'm not, I'm not going to fight you on this one. <laughs> You're just dying to be like, no, he sucks. He's, he's a baby. I hate him. <laughs> no, I just him. don't Chris know Kamen, how to God do it. Chris it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how to do it. Yeah, Donovan's been like Martian Gortat. Ew. <laughs> Listen, it's, do I, do I want to be on record saying that he's a supercharged Andrew Bynum? I don't know, but like, oh, <laughs> here, here we are. Here we are. <laughs> <laughs> All right, who's next? Paul George. Mm, this is, this like, is he's up there with the T Max of the world. That's what I was gonna yep. say. This Tracy, is Tracy McGrady's McGrady. answer. Yep. Yeah, he's Tracy McGrady cool. with social media. <laughs> we all sure. agree. <laughs> yeah, Russell, Tracy McGrady. No, just like just yeah. a smooth, a smooth score. Somebody who who can go out on any given night and get you 35, 40, right? Op- can operate anywhere, three level score in his prime, crazy, crazy athletic. Like he hit all the yeah. he hit all the uh all the boxes. Yeah, probably better defender, but offensively very similar. Yeah, exactly. It's the movement that has that one-to-one correlation. His ability to put a facade on defenders on a consistent night-to-night basis is what does it, bro. A facade. Nice word. I like it. Yeah, man. He's so good with his moves. <laughs> <laughs> Hella mischievous fool. <laughs> That's the end of that. Next thing we're going to do 
we're going to talk about some NBA jerseys. You know, another TV3 staple. We love us bag. some cosmetics, some aesthetics, all those icks. Edicts? <laughs> yep, all the edicts. <laughs> I feel like we ain't do this in a minute. We, we did a throwback jerseys grading them recently. This time, we're going to talk about teams' greatest jerseys in the franchise's history. Okay. Let's so, it. pound for pound, what's their best jersey? Do we have options or we just have to come up with it? You got to come up with it. Think about what all their right. best. Yeah, you got to try to pull from memory, which is a little difficult. <laughs> So, what is this NBA team's greatest jersey of all time? First off, the Atlanta Hawks. Listen, the ones that they were rocking, which uh-huh. ones? Which ones are you going? As the as a, I don't think any of us can talk today. We've all stumbled over our words <laughs> a million times. As the native Atlantean, Atlian, what is the best jersey <laughs> in, in their in their history? Out of respect, I'd be wrong to say. The MLK jerseys that they had when they went on that oh 2021 run. Some of the greatest <laughs> hawk basketball ever. We had the spirit of MLK through us in our veins, just carrying us through success that we've never seen before in history. And to me, that was our best jersey. We need to bring them back. I'm contractually obligated <laughs> to not disagree. I'm an ally. Exactly. I dare you. Donovan, I double dare you. I'm taking your card. Listen, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not. Gonna, I'm not gonna say anything. That was a crazy run for the Hawks. You guys had Coretta's on the sideline, right? Everything it was just going crazy. <laughs> Good times. Who am I to disagree? <laughs> <laughs> Things are special for us. The real answer is the one with the big hawk across the middle from the '90s. But who am I to disagree? With the red and that black. Is, that, that's, I, wrong. that is that's wrong. That that's wrong. That's wrong. No, no, no. That it, can't, it can't be it wrong. Is. What's it in competition? Uh, the one from the mid '80s where you have the. It's like a little. It says like hawks across it. the The ones that Dominique and Spud Webb like oh. wore in all in all the dunk contests. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I see. Oh, okay. I see. That's doesn't matter. For sure. We have to go to the MLK ones. Next up, the Golden State Warriors. Dang. Sleeve let's, jerseys. Listen, let's just go. Let's just go with the <laughs> we believe jerseys and knock it out the park. Nah. What I think the the real answer is the throwbacks that wore last year to the Wilt era, the blue ones with the red letters, specifically the new version of that with the oh, modern cuts hard. and the really those bright colors. Incredible. Those those were hard, but the we believe really? is the we believe. So we're we're getting that one. Nostalgia's kicking your ass. This shit is clean. Damn, nah man, you love Baron Davis too much. Listen, man, I might be kind of gross, it? but give who me, does it like Baron? That. <laughs> <laughs> Very I'm guys. sorry. <laughs> Fair that enough. We, Who am I that we believe run with me, so I might lean with you, Donovan. But underrated, that black jersey from last year with the rose on it, it's a sleeper. What? You lost That's me. one of with the, the worst jerseys of all time. They have like nah. three better black jerseys than that. They have so many better ones. That one sucked. Are you crazy? It suck. On player, on player was pretty nice, bro. It was cool when they tucked in. You can't see the rose. As soon as that rose comes out, I'm like, oh, God, take it away. Guy <laughs> hates roses. Oh my god. Okay. <laughs> on jerseys, An- yes. Anti botany on jerseys. <laughs> Don't like it. Okay, that's fair. <laughs> All right. Next up, the Los Angeles Lakers. The Showtime ones in the late '80s had the drop shadow. The ones that all the Lakers jerseys right now try to emulate. The Magic Johnson era jerseys are the best ones. You're not going to pick the Black Mamba jersey. No, I do not think that those are the best ones. The, I think those You're are me elite. You don't love Kobe? Those aren't the best jerseys in the franchise's history. You don't love Kobe as much as I do? Oh, you're getting stoned to death, Donovan. <laughs> Once again. 
Those are not the. You don't best respect jerseys. the Black Mamba, number eight, number twenty-four. Take that back. <laughs> you don't even like Kobe like that. <laughs> hey. Whoa, whoa, whoa! It's not about me. It's about you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're you're on the trial right now. <laughs> <laughs> Next one. Your Mamba card is at risk, not mine. Yeah, that black that black Lakers jersey was something special. Now you're right. It's a purple one from the '80s. Thank oh, you. what the hell? Thank you. Thank you. Got caught up in the I song. cannot tell a lie. Oh, my gosh. You guys are full Under of oath. We're, we're under oath to tell the truth here. <laughs> I solemnly swear. <laughs> Liars. Next up. <laughs> Next up, we got the Los Angeles Clippers. Now, this is Yucktown right here. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. All their jerseys from NBA history are fucking trash. I'm not going to lie to you. They, they have, have very one, few bangers. No, they and one of the few bangers they have the old school white ones with the uh, with the cursive on it, the ones that that Lamar Odom and them were rocking. Oh, you just love nostalgia from the two thousands. Those that's are all they nice. had. That's all they had. <laughs> it's the best. They you have. you act, you act like the franchise just has years and years of great jerseys. No, they have like three that are actually cool. Like, <laughs> give me the Buffalo Braves, I guess. Give me the orange. I'm not picking any of these Clippers jerseys. Their branding so is trash from top to bottom. Talking about nostalgia for me between. Man, pick the Buffalo Braves. Garbage. <laughs> Not for nostalgia purposes, I'll tell you that. <laughs> <laughs> There's trash, garbage, waste, junk. Fecal what matter. do you want to pick here? <laughs> There's a whole lot of just. They have listen, on. again though, they have like four jerseys that are actually kind of cool. The the ones from the early 2000s, those were kind of the best ones that they've had. Sure. Let's shout out Chris Kamen era, I guess. <laughs> That's the one good thing that, that the team had going for them. I'm picking none of them out of spite. Yeah. Right. Donovan, I need you to tighten up. <laughs> Lock the fuck in. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up. The Denver Nuggets. There's a lot of good ones here. Wait, is there really? Yeah, there's a lot of good ones here. There's a lot of good ones, but I'm easily but going the blue one with one. the rainbow. Yeah, the rainbow sways me. Easily. Donovan, I don't want to answer out of... I, I do disagree, but I don't want to answer out of out of fear of telling me that nostalgia's kicking. This he's finna kick mellow. Oh my god! Oh, it's you the baby blue ones. ones. You the had the blue jeans shorts with the Nuggets here? logo on the back. You are one you of them. Just, what are we exposed. talking about? Here? You just love the fifth grade. You just want to go back to be a kid. There is nothing that the Nuggets have done jersey wise over the last seven years that beats the baby blue ones. And even okay. The, they, what about those, the four years before that? They're they're not better. Wait 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 wait. wait which ones are you talking about? You talking about the I'm 80s saying ones? the rainbow ones from like the nineties. Oh no 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 no. Okay yeah. No never mind. Yeah. You got those. I, you just want to watch for, Ben Ten every day. Be a fifth grader. <laughs> watch Kobe again. <laughs> <laughs> you I act like those it. weren't good times. Like. <laughs> I too enjoy Lunchables. I'll say that. <laughs> Listen, if I could go from a sweet life as Zach and Cody marathon to a Carmelo Anthony masterpiece, yes, I would love that day. <laughs> I would love to relive that. I understand I don't you now, you. Donovan. Now I'm I have to pay rent. So. <laughs> <laughs> the sweet like the sweet life crossover with that's a Raven. Where's where's the Waverly place? That was a moment, right? Fast that meant something cinema. to me. What was better, <laughs> playing Pokemon Platinum or paying taxes? <laughs> <laughs> That's you pay. <laughs> <laughs> All right, next up, they gonna get us. Maybe the podcasting Wesley Snipes for fuck. I know they gonna get us. 
<laughs> Next uh, up, the Houston Rockets. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah, yeah, y'all, y'all got it. I just gonna, I just gonna pick something from from 2018, and I'm gonna pick something old. He's gonna be like, oh my gosh, you're. It's you're definitely, it's man, definitely so. the older side of things for sure. It's definitely the yeah, older the, side the, of it's the one with the rocket on it. Which was from like not, 04? Not the 06? navy blue one. I kind of like navy blue one. Or we the, are we going to Hakeem one? I don't really love the yellow color scheme. Yeah, and that's where you're wrong, buddy. Because those are actually the <laughs> best ones. The navy blue ones, those are cool in um, like in every other facet. Like if you had a jacket or if you had like a t-shirt, mm. they're cool there, but not necessarily on the jerseys. The Hakeem jerseys were actually the best ones. Okay, I don't hate it. I'm not very opinionated on the Rockets jerseys. You can have it, but I just don't love the yellow. I don't like yellow and red together in most circumstances. Mm, okay. I just see them like McDonald's. Donovan's right. Thank you. I've, I've been right. <laughs> that was so so sweet. I've been right. <laughs> Donovan's right. <laughs> no further comment. <laughs> yeah. No, you it can really have that is. one. I don't, <laughs> I don't blame you. All right. What's the next team? The San Antonio Spurs. <laughs> They've had the same jersey for 40 years. Yeah. Like. <laughs> Who talks about Spurs jerseys? <laughs> Low key, it might be one of the city jerseys in the last like two years. The ones I got this year, the brown ones are pretty hard. And the Fiesta ones with the cursive font. Pretty tough. Give me the camo jersey. I was finna say that, that too. They have. Oh. The camo <laughs> was so unique. Give me the camo sleeved ones. This is the only. Oh. This is the only different thing that they've done in fifty years. Wait, I'm taking Forrest was dripped out. It was crazy. <laughs> they were sleeved. Oh my god! Yeah. I think so. I think so. That's gross. I can't. I, I might not was be out able here. to work with that. Boys, I was out here saluting the troops. Not even from. <laughs> Listen, I mean, we can argue. You don't respect the troops. Oh, okay. All right, hold so next y'all one, back so me next down one. in the corner now. Okay, hold on. We gotta go camo. <laughs> okay, 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 okay. Salute the troops always. <laughs> I love the Marines. <laughs> I, like I got a sniper up. on my head right now. <laughs> Green dot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, that's the last one. Look at us. Sweet. Just propaganda. <laughs> Facts. <laughs> like those recruiters that come to every high school in America. <laughs> you want a Dodge Charger? <laughs> you <want free> college? <laughs> Sign the dotted line. <laughs> Listen, right, that, 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 that was soon. me after watching Top Gun. I was like, I, I'll sign uh, up. <laughs> I'll, I'll fly the plane. I'll do it. <laughs> All right, one more video left before we get out of here. We're pushing three hours again. Another long episode. Yeah, Mo, I believe you have an NBA draft TikTok for us. Yeah, man, we done this in the past, like six, seven months ago, and we're bringing this shit right back. A lot of players in the NBA today have had certain draft comparisons coming out. A lot of them look crazy as fuck. Some of them look a little bit accurate. And I want to let you guys know if they were accurate or not. So did this NBA player live up to their drafts comparison? Okay. First up, De'Aaron Fox. To who? Ooh. John Wall, my bad. <laughs> my brain just froze. Where <laughs> <laughs> it just absolutely froze, bro. First up, De'Aaron Fox to John Wall. Absolutely, right? Yeah. Yeah, of course. Like John John think- Wall, John Wall at his peak was an all-NBA guard. And De'Aaron Fox at the same time is now ascending into that, leading a team to, to the playoffs. They're also both very fast, can just get up and down the floor. I like that. <laughs> very quick guys, I got to say. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> From that standpoint, yeah. 
Um, I think this version of De'Aaron Fox is definitely like surpasses whatever version of John Wall, but the passing vision is just what? not there for De'Aaron, for sure. Yeah, John Wall's a better defender and passer, but De'Aaron's clearly a better scorer at this point. So I don't know which one you value more. Ah, listen, 2016, yeah. 20, 2016, 2017, John Wall was that was listen, that was listen, that's a guy. T- him untucking his jersey yelling, this is my shit after his first one of his first successful playoff games, it hit different, not gonna lie. But the I'm first time I saw him hit a three and go big B's bitch walking on the other side of the court, I was oh like, oh no, he's different. <laughs> that's uh, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he said, "Throw that shit up." It was nuts. So we hit it. <laughs> is is he an accurate comparison? <laughs> yeah, no, no, no. He lived up to the comparison. He is as okay. good as John Wall. Good job, De'Aaron. Yeah, this is without a doubt one of the best comparisons that's been made. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> hey, said, F- fast Kentucky guy. Fast Kentucky <laughs> guy. That's all. Spider Man meme. And they were on the money with this one too. <laughs> they were on the money. It was low hanging fruit, but they were right. Yeah, that's true. It was low hanging. Who's next? Jalen Brunson to Jameer Nelson. What Yo. the fuck? <laughs> now listen, Jameer Nelson was this, an all-star. That's what Let's I'm saying. And honestly, this might have been a comparison that, that we should have made. I completely forgot about Jameer Nelson. Secondly, why are we using this picture of Jameer Nelson? <laughs> that's what I'm laughing at. Before, before it actually got up here, Nikhil went back and forth. I thought it was a picture of a thumb. I thought we were making a joke, right? I did not know that Jameer Nelson looked like this at one point in time. And I don't mean to disrespect Jameer, but brother, what's going on? What happened? Right? <laughs> Listen, shout out Jameer. You made the all-star team next to Dwight Howard. Jalen Brunson clears him without a doubt. This is a, by far lived up to it. Yeah, I agree. 100%. Jameer Nelson was never in conversations to be an all-star starter. And right mm-hmm. now there's fucking uh, revolts across the streets because Jalen Brunson didn't get it. He's As there should look. be. <laughs> if you put vibranium inside of J- inside of Jameer Nelson's blood, then this is Jalen Brunson for sure. <laughs> you give Jameer Nelson that shit, Tristan Thompson's on. Oh, <laughs> gotcha, gotcha, there, we go. there we go. <laughs> yeah, gonna have four no black SUVs pull up to your crib right now, Isaac. Lights come out, lights turned off, and shit. We're gonna be in trouble. I'm joking. What's next? That's hilarious. Who? Zion Williamson to Charles Barkley and Larry Johnson. Yeah, this is facts. I mean, last year I thought he'd be closer to Barkley. Now I was looking more like Larry Johnson. So he's definitely somewhere in between them. <laughs> Similar career averages to Larry Johnson right now, ironically enough. Yeah. Listen, you get any girthy power forward and you're like, Zion Williamson. Girthy is crazy. Girthy is ridiculous. It's not a terrible compare. It's not a bad word to use. Yeah. You Good pick synonym. any power forward that's built like a defensive end. Zion Williamson. <laughs> That's true. It's true, though. It's true. Yeah. He's Khalil Mack. He's Trent Damn. Williams. <laughs> Trent Williams. <laughs> For real, he's 6'6", 300. He's so big. <laughs> 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 Zion, I am so sorry, bro. I didn't mean to do this to you. <laughs> We're just I bullying Zion. I, we shouldn't have done this. We're just bullying. We're comparing him to world-class athletes. I think we're in the clear. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so did he reach their expectation or did he? Yes, clearly. Okay, I mean, he great. Re- he re- I'm happy you're on the he same pair. He reached Larry Johnson, not Charles Barkley, though. Okay. He's, yeah, not, he's obviously nowhere near Charles Barkley. Yeah. Okay. So right, who's so, next? Man. That's hilarious. The max strokes are just going to be at our door. <laughs> next up, Tyrese Halliburton to Malcolm Brogdon and Lonzo Ball. Easily. Wow. Yeah. Easily. What what comps, first of all? But yeah, he's he's better than both of them combined. So like, 
Yeah, he's he's amazing. He lived up to this. This is actually a great comparison. If you compare the if you combine the best of Malcolm Brogdon and the best Alonzo Ball together, that's like an incredible player. I love this comparison. That yeah. is perfectly. UCLA Lonzo Ball is what Tyrese Halliburton is today. Lonzo Ball's passing and size with Malcolm Brogdon's shooting and shiftiness? That's Tyrese Halliburton. Who said I think this? He's a little bit more shifty. Who made this Who's comparison? What? Who made this comparison? Probably Ble- I think it's Bleach Report. <laughs> okay. Shout out Bleach Report. That's a great good age perfectly. Obviously Tyrese yeah. Halliburton's way better than them too, but I see the vision. Yeah, this is a W comparison. Surpassed easily. What's next? We got Shea Gilgos Alexander and DeJounte <laughs> Murray along with you Sean May. You made Mugis. this comparison. No, I didn't. I swear to God, I was on the internet. Look it up right now. <laughs> <laughs> what did they draft? Wasn't DeJounte drafted in like the same class as No, Shea? DeJounte was drafted in 2016. Shea was in 2018. Oh, okay. I mean, <laughs> I mean, it's I a terrible guess. comparison. It just shows how like unique SGA is. You know, I'll say yes, but at the time, people didn't expect SGA to become a first team All NBA MVP candidate. That was never in the cards draft time. He's just far exceeded anything anybody could ever hope for him. So I, I don't really blame him for making these comparisons back then. He Big turned fact. into a player that no one ever would have thought he would be, bro. For sure. Also, don't sleep on supposed to be prime Sean Livingston. <laughs> he was going to be hard. Yeah. It's hilarious. Next, next up. We got Anthony Edwards and Victor Oladipo along with Michael Jordan. How has Anthony Edwards lived up to Michael Jordan? Let's see. Listen, man. Yeah. Sometimes. Sometimes. Let's talk about the aesthetics. <laughs> sometimes. Catch him on the right night. <laughs> listen, listen. He has he, the game against the Celtics when he locked up Jason Tatum. He's been eating all, off that game all year long. <laughs> Anytime I hear anybody talk about Anthony Edwards, they're like, listen, he he locks up uh he locks up the other the other team's best player on the wing. He does it. He's just like Michael Jordan. But Lately, he's kind of been shooting like Victor Oladipo, so this is kind of this is kind of accurate. Listen, prime Victor Oladipo was like an eighty-seven in two K. Prime Michael Jordan's a ninety-nine. Anthony Edwards like a ninety-two at smack in the middle. There we go. Damn. I agree. Yeah, Perfect. the athleticism <laughs> and the big bodiness and just the overall like the insane athleticism. I can agree with y'all. Does D Wade fit in this as well to you guys? Yeah, I mean he's not D Wade yet, but he's on the path. We'll see Turns if he ever style. makes yeah. the next leap. Okay. Yeah, I don't really see D-Wade quite as much, but yeah. Okay, I agree with that. And I think and that's the end that of is it. And that's the end of the episode. If you're still here, comment, the Isaac Gutierrez show is the best show I've ever seen in my life. Woo. W comment. <laughs> Let's do it. Good job, Isaac. <laughs> Tap in, y'all. <laughs> go watch that. Go watch the last live stream that we did yesterday. You'll go watch the VOD. Get ready to watch the next live stream on Monday at 8 p.m. Tap in. As always, we'll see you next week.